From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is exactly seven minutes past the hour. We talk and write a whole bunch about how precious life is. Here's a tragic example. I was actually writing an article for the app, for the for the website, WPGTalkRadio.com, and I get a text message from Fox News that Congresswoman Jackie Walorski, who served Indiana's 2nd Congressional District, had been killed in a car crash along with two staffers. And it just is a tragic example of what we talk about. 58 years young, so much life to live, running for re-election, and you just never know. The driver of the other car, she and I don't know that will ever find out the circumstances maybe the the driver had a medical issue happen heart attack passed out stroke who knows but her name was Edith Schmucker and she died as well all they know is that Schmucker's car crossed over into the oncoming lane and that's just one of those horrible wrong place at the wrong time kind of situations and you can never you you can never rationalize I mean if they left who knows two seconds earlier two seconds later they're not even there so you get You can get crazy over that kind of thing. I wasn't impressed with uh, our demented president. I don't know why people do what he did. It, It is one of life's great mysteries. You know, I studied it for about 15 years myself, where no matter what the occasion, there is this necessity to say words such as, well, we disagreed on many issues. Why would you even say that when someone is dead? I, I just, I don't understand certain things. Quote, we may have represented different political parties and, and disagreed on many issues. Hold on. I had to sneeze. <laughs> We may have represented different parties, quote, and disagreed on many issues. Now, he does say, but, but it's like an afterthought. But she was respected by members of both parties for her work on the House Ways and Means Committee. Mm. Congressman Byron Donalds, who I think is absolutely awesome, You may have seen him on Fox News and other appearances 
that he does. He said, I was, quote, devastated. I was on my way to another event when one of my staff members called me. This really struck everybody on Capitol Hill and everybody in the political environment. Jackie was a tremendous member of our caucus. And for her to just so abruptly be taken from us is a tragedy for her family. There's also a tragedy for the nation. I think there are bigger things than just politics and shows that life is short, which is what we talk about all the time. Life is short. That's why I think, and as I get along, I even become more and more focused, totally conscious, aware that you only get so much time. So don't waste it. And I'm I'm telling you, don't waste it on people that don't deserve it. I coined something quite a while ago. Go where you are wanted, not tolerated. And you know. You know if you're working for a company and maybe you just do a good enough job that there's no reason that anyone's going to get rid of you or anything like that. But you know if you're wanted or if you're tolerated. Go where you're wanted. Life's too short. And and don't allow. They'll do it if you let them. Don't allow leeches and fleas and people that just want to suck the life out of you. Take up your time. Always want something. Get Get rid of that baggage too. Stay close to family. Stay close to true friends. And you know, there's another thing that I write and talk a lot about. And that's the difference between a true friend and a transactional relationship. You can't eliminate all transactional relationships. But just note them. Note the difference. Note the difference between an acquaintance and a friend, an acquaintance, a friend, or a transactional relationship. And there will always be reminders about how precious, how fleeting, how short life really is. But I'll tell you, it it was like, I don't even know what to call it, nails on the chalkboard. And if you read it, the, the, the words just, for me anyhow, jumped off the page. We disagreed on many issues. Wow. Hey, I really like your show. I don't always agree with you. Hey, we disagreed on many issues. You're dead. We disagreed on many issues, though, but you're dead. And you did a good job on the committee. What a, what a terrible thing. How about serving her constituents? Serving America. You understand, somebody wrote this for Joe Biden. They thought this was, quote, good enough. I think it's one of the worst comments from a president at the time of the passing of a member of a co-equal branch of government. The People's House. The House of Representatives that you could ever have. I can think of. An infinite 
number of different words that I would have used. The president should have said something about mourning for her family. What a great loss this is for America. What a great loss this is for the citizens of Indiana's 2nd Congressional District, who were served very well by Congresswoman Jackie Walorski. None of that. And we disagreed on many issues, but you really did good work on, on the House Ways and Means Committee. Mm. On the other hand, Congressman Byron Donalds said all the right things. That life is short. There are bigger things in politics. What a loss this is to be abruptly taken. What a tragedy for her family. He said further, you just want to make sure you're around your family, your loved ones. You want to live life to the fullest because nothing is promised to you. I know my heartfelt prayers go out to her husband and to her family. You realize now... I'll, I will look. I can't find it. I'll, can, I'll keep looking. And if you have it, send it to me and I'll, I'll certainly add it to my comments. But I don't see any comments from uh, President Biden on prayers to her husband and to her family or anything you would expect. But we know what we've got. We've got a president who's Mashugana. He's not all there, and you get what you get, and it's typically not good. But even if there is more, to even include words like we disagreed on many issues, that that shows you you're dealing with a political creature, almost subhuman. Because that, that's everything that Congressman Donalds of Florida said is what the president should have said. Every bit of it. And almost everything the president said. You don't talk about the, the House Ways and Means Committee. Who does that? And you know he didn't know that. He doesn't know what day it is. So they wrote that for him. Yeah, you say you disagreed with many issues, but, you know, she's respected and by both parties and and for her work on the House Ways and Means Committee. Wow. Okay, that's that's our start. Isn't that sad? 17 minutes past the hour. I am early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Please tell a friend. Let's make this daily party get even bigger. Fox News commentary. In a photo that sickened many diehard Yellowstone fans, Kevin Costner is pictured wearing a shirt in support of Rhino Liz Cheney. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been supporting America's heroes and their families since 9-11. U.S. Army Specialist Jason Wheeler is one such hero. He re-enlisted after 9-11, but training accident injuries left him unable to walk. Specialist Wheeler and his family received a mortgage-free smart home that's custom-designed for his needs. Help heroes like Jason and their families. Join Tunnel to Tower's mission to do good in their honor. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org.
Fans of the Paramount TV show Yellowstone, myself included, were shaken to see show star Kevin Costner wearing an I'm for Liz Cheney shirt on Twitter. Liz Cheney is fighting tooth and nail to keep her seat as Wyoming's lone representative in the House, a battle that won't be easy considering the state-backed Trump by more than 26 points. Current polls show Cheney's Trump-backed opponent having 52% support from likely Republican primary voters. Some might have taken the shirt as a sign of Costner being a conservative, but not so fast. Wyoming representative and vocal Trump hate or Liz Cheney might have an R behind her name, but many would agree it should be confiscated. And as for Costner, he might play a cowboy from Montana from God's country on TV, but he certainly doesn't represent the views of the heartland. John Dutton wouldn't approve. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can listen to all of my hot takes at foxnewscommentary.com. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. 23 minutes past the hour. Now, here is a survey, a poll, which you, we need to do more of this. They they, they never poll because, look, it, it's all the game is rigged. It's mostly liberal colleges and the liberal Democrat news networks that do the polling. And so they poll. Notice Can you imagine with everything that we know, and there's still got to be a lot that they're hiding, but everything we know about Biden, Inc., about Hunter Biden and all of this stuff, yet there's no polling about it. They don't poll it, but they still poll Trump, who's not in office at this time. But here's a great poll question. Do you believe that Democrats ran the economy into the ground? Isn't that fantastic? I mean, it's very relatable. It has no double meaning to it. You don't have to wonder, guess, decipher. Like it's some kind of complicated cipher that you have to to detangle. Just very simple. Do you believe that Democrats ran the economy into the ground? And isn't this very um, refreshing? This happens to be a thousand likely voters from July 28th through July 31st, 60% of likely voters agree that Democrats ran the economy into the ground because they did. It's not politics. It's not a political statement at all. Quote, Majorities of every racial category, 62% of whites, 53% of black voters. And once again, that's cognitive dissonance because I believe that black voters and blacks, African-Americans in general, have been hurt tremendously under Joe Biden. But it's monolithic. African-American voters, 95% or better, would vote for Joe Biden again. How do you... How do you even rationalize stuff like this? And I can say the same about Jewish voters. It's not quite as high, but typically 80 some percent. Why? You're not stupid. Any demographic that I'm speaking about here, you're smart. So every racial category, 62 percent of whites, 53% of black voters, 67% of other minorities believe that the United States economy is currently in a recession. And the number should be higher than that 
But keep in mind, you have a lot of white liberals. They'll just lie. You know who you are. A lot of you are listening right now. We have a lot of liberals. They don't call in, but we have a lot of liberals that listen to this program. And I'm glad you do. I wish I could help convert you. Because what are you doing? How do you support these things? Similarly, 69% of whites, 54% of black voters, and 63% of other minorities say economic issues will be very important when they cast their vote in the congressional elections this year. Isn't that amazing, though? Actually, a poll that's not jaded and and twisted to try to fake out the American people with some untrue result. They finesse these things. And, you know, they weight them and they do all kinds of things. They oversample Democrats typically. Here's a here's another stunning piece. Ninety one percent said the economy was an important issue deciding their vote in the upcoming midterm. That that might be the most important stat of them all. Now, here is something that I learned from all places, wash my mouth out with soap, Newsweek. I thought that folded. It's electronic now. Hard to say that. But they reported yesterday, this was after I got done both early in the morning and guest hosting Brian Kilmeade's show yesterday. I wish I would have known this earlier, but I don't know that it was, I think it was revealed later in the day anyhow. So it wasn't like I missed it. It, it. it happened later. But they had one expert that they quoted in Newsweek saying, quote, the Biden administration is likely to issue another round of stimulus checks. I had never heard that anywhere. When we come back from the break, I'll tell you what an economics professor at George Washington University had to say about this. And keep in mind, it's like everything else. It's not for everyone. Everyone's hurting. Even upper income level people are having difficulties right now. It's all relative, much more than some people think. But they always pick winners and losers. I forget what the uh, the threshold was, but something like one hundred and forty thousand in what's called, um, oh my gosh, what's the term? It's a line item on the uh, the tax return. I knew it, and now I can't think of it again. Adjusted gross income. 140000 I think it was, adjusted gross income. That would be for, uh, I believe, two people. That's That's not great. Take two teachers from Atlantic City High School or many other districts and a lot of people that need help just as much as anybody else get shortchanged because what they're doing is they're trolling and buying votes. So they're picking certain demographics as they always do to do what they always do. 
to divide America. Much more straight ahead. Don't go away. It's early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Open Forum for today's 7 o'clock hour. John Zarek, looking forward to that at 8. And Sean Steitler, and I really thank Sean because he should have been with us yesterday, but I couldn't do it. And he'll be here today in the 9 o'clock hour. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Harry Hurley at 31 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. The National Sports Collectors Convention. Not only the largest convention in Atlantic City, that's either the convention center or boardwalk hall in 10 plus years. It resulted in $20 million in economic impact. Kevin and Michael Bacon, the Bacon Brothers in Ocean City. And we have, a, I think, a cool story about that. And yes, Atlantic City lobsters are awesome. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Not only is it going to be ferociously hot over the course of the next week or so, there's really no break in the humidity either. Get ready to sweat. Today's high 93. The heat indexer feels like temperature may top 100. It'll be cooler at the beaches with blazing sunshine overhead. Tonight's steamy, low 75, still hot and very humid tomorrow. High of 92, partly sunny with a few strong late-day thunderstorms. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. The economy is heading for a total disaster. 9-8. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me today at 3, but now back to Hurley in the morning right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, Sean Hannity. It is 36 minutes past the hour, so in case you missed my... Um little mini monologue there about this poll question by Rasmussen, who does some of the best polling in America because they don't have an agenda. If you, you know, I, I honestly, I, I think I would love to go into the polling business. Number one, I think I would be good at it because I'm an honest broker. If you're not looking to cheat anybody, look, the numbers are what the numbers are, unless you're putting your thumb on the scale. I would only do likely voters. I would not do persons or registered voters or unlikely voters. I would only do likely voters because, after all, now, look, if you're looking to gain uh, public opinion, you're not using it for uh, election purposes, then different um, sample models make sense, persons or whatever. But if you're talking about who's going to win an election, you don't. You, th- there would be no credible, positive, redeeming reason to poll unlikely voters unless you're trying to manipulate public opinion. You know, when you're doing a particular focus, I mean, do it from that vantage point. Yeah, we're going to see who's going to win in November on November 8th. So let's sample unlikely voters. Why don't we call people that only aren't going to vote and ask them, how would you vote? Well, I'm not voting. But if you were going to vote, how would you vote? Then they release this stuff. So the Hurley Polling Institute would only poll for for election purposes, likely voters. What I also would enjoy doing 
I would enjoy polling other questions to gain public opinion. I think a question that should be polled, they should poll, are you happy? Are you happy with your life? Are you happy with this country? Are you happy with the economy? Are you happy with your leadership? Are you happy with your job? Happy with your boss? You know, you can work for a really good company and have a crappy boss and your job sucks. Yeah, I work for a really great company, but oh my God, my supervisor, my boss, whatever, it's terrible. So I, I would be pulling all that stuff. But here's what uh, George Washington University economics professor Tara Sinclair said. Quote, This is a terrible time for a next round of relief. If we stimulated the economy even further, that wouldn't get us more economic growth. That would instead very likely get us more, even more inflation. So in keeping, that's what Joe Biden does, though. He's made a career of 50 years of always, and I guess I have to say most always, because it did, he did approve the CIA taking out Zawahiri. And remember, he was against, he vigorously argued multiple times, and he did succeed. He swayed Obama a couple times. They could have had bin Laden a few times. Bill Clinton could have had uh, uh, Osama bin Laden before anyone. He's on audio tape. We had him. He didn't want it. He was, he was afraid. Too hot for him to handle. He passed on bin Laden. How, how could how could you do that? We're talking about that was in the in the nineties, probably barely the mid nineties. Bin Laden could have been out before September eleventh of two thousand one. Well, this should come as no surprise. And look, this is what happens. Uh, Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. West Virginia coal industry is condemning Joe Manchin for this climate deal. I, I tell you what, today's the day, I think. They're voting. And I got to give her credit. I don't know what she's going to do. She's probably going to get something fantastic out of this. Because she is absolutely in the catbird seat. But wouldn't it be fantastic if today she voted that down? They, I guess they, they, they're, they're saying they don't, but they must know how she's going to vote. Because would you bring it up for a vote if you didn't know if you had 50 votes? 49 doesn't get it done. So anyhow... I'm going to proceed that it's going to pass with 50 votes. And if it's 50-50 on budget reconciliation, uh, Kamala Harris will break the tie. Hey, I'll tell you what. I was really tired last night. It was it was a great day, but it was a long day because we had the early in the morning program, seven hours to take care of, Brian Kilmeade show, uh, and then a lot of show prep for today. And we're doing things for tomorrow and a few other things that we're working on, and we're working on the air show, and we're working on our charity dinner. I mean, I was was spent. 
But I put on the Yankees, and they weren't on. And I forgot they had a day game. I wouldn't have been able to watch much of it, but I at least could have put it on the TV while I was working. I was bummed out about that uh, because I catch a piece of just about every game. Not the whole game, but some of almost every game, which I enjoy. So I flipped on, and and they're always on channel 3019. And I like the way they do that now. I get the home broadcasters on channel 3019, whatever you want to call it, almost every day. And when I say almost every day, every game I get. But they obviously they get a day off here and there. Not many, though. So I missed that. And I thought, all right, well, let me, I'm getting ready to go to sleep. I put on Fox News. And there's Tucker Carlson. And I, I know he was doing it on purpose, but he wasn't laughing. He said it like five times. You know, you can always, sometimes I, I don't remember Kamala and I'll say Kamala. Because let's be honest, it's kind of like Tony Dorsett. Then all of a sudden one day he became Tony Dorsett. If he's listening, he, he looks a little bit like Santa Claus these days. Alby Battaglia, who lost by one vote for Ventnor City Commissioner a few years back, a lifelong friend. He officiated in the Hutch basketball program with Joe Fussner for many years. Our team was going to hit 100 points, and uh, Fussner and Battaglia cheated us out of the 100 points. It was hilarious. I mean, people were making shots and they were just phantom calling traveling and offensive fouls. You know, nobody was there or just not counting a basket. No good when it went through. So we didn't hit 100. They they literally kept us from hitting 100. Nobody took it bad. It was it was all fun. But what I'm getting at is he was Battaglia forever. But then one day he became Battaglia. So, I mean, these things do happen. So it's not it's never uh, at least with me, it's I, I never mean it as an insult. But if you're used to something and I know this for a fact, she was Kamala Harris, where this Kamala came from, I have no idea. You tell me anybody prior to her either running for president or becoming the VP nominee, you tell me you ever heard Kamala. And I'll stand corrected. I do this for a living, and I never did. But he was calling her Carmella. I don't know what he's up to. I have no idea. But Margie also heard it. She, I heard her laugh. <laughs> I said, honey, you heard that? And she said, Carmella. But it wasn't a slip because he did it like four or five times. And thank goodness I was asleep a very short time later because I needed it. Woke up at midnight for a few minutes, and the next thing I know, it was 2 o'clock. And, oh, I was sleeping beautifully. Would have loved, loved to get up and get ready to be here, but I would have loved to have stayed in if I could have. But Carmela, I never heard anybody say that. I mean, come on, where does that come from? It's It's... It's hilarious, but Tucker's very smart. There's something behind that. Now, because of the time that he's on, I, I'm not a faithful viewer. I like 
Tucker, obviously, and we've known each other for a long, long time. But yeah, I know I know he was he was doing something there. First time I heard it, I thought, all right, well, it's just, just a slip. Easy to do. We all do it. But then he did it again. I said, well, it's not a slip now. Then he did it again and again. At least four times I heard it. Now, maybe you know what that means. Maybe he has something that I'm not aware of that that's like a standing just parody or that's what he calls her and here's why. I, it's unknown to me. I never heard him say that before. But it, it certainly, it, it made me chuckle. Now, we keep hearing, we'll do this right after the break. We keep hearing how great this sloppy-looking, sweatshirt-wearing, hoodie uh, lieutenant governor with all kinds of health problems. He's running the basement campaign, Basement Joe. Uh, this Fetterman is evidently leading the Wizard of Oz by 10 points. I, I don't even understand this. And when I share with you what I'm going to share, it even is more confounding. I'll fill you in. It's important because I'm serious about this. Whoever wins Pennsylvania, and certainly whoever wins Pennsylvania and Georgia, for example, if Oz can win Pennsylvania and if Herschel Walker can win Georgia, I give you 100% guarantee Republicans will have at least a 51-49 majority in the Senate. This is huge. The Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and the state of Georgia, absolutely huge. So we'll go Dateline Pennsylvania when we come back in just a little bit. I am. Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. It is 53 minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. I hope you're ready for Wide Open Forum coming up right after the top of the hour break. Ooh, uh, DeSantis' office is teasing a major announcement. I just got a Fox News uh, text message sent to me. Hmm. We'll stay close to that. Very interesting. I don't know what that means. I don't think he's announcing for president or anything. He's just been too smart. He's not going to do anything like that prior to the uh, midterm election. No one should do that. But guess what? If you on the evening of the 8th or the morning of the 9th of November, you want to do it. This is going to be a two-year sprint. For the White House and control both houses again. It's going to be huge. All right. So here's what I was thinking about during the break. I've known Tucker Carlson for more than 25 years. We know each other very, very well. We've never socialized. We've spoken on air. We have spoken off air. I would call us good acquaintances. You, you Sometimes the term friend is overused. I mean, I, I, I guess I, I'm not going to split hairs. I guess we're friends, but I just don't want to, you know, like Bigfoot or drop names and stuff like that. But we know each other very well. Let me leave it at that. He has my cell phone. I have his. He's actually text messaged me during his show. So we do know each other very, very well. I know that Tucker Carlson is not a racist. The problem is 
the Democrats and the Democrat media, they're so vicious. See, if you're not allowed to talk about Kamala Harris or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or if you have a problem with Don Lemon on one of the other channels, what is he on, CNN? I, I even forget. I never watch. I've, I've never watched. I don't even know what he does. I, I've never, never watched him. I, n- I don't watch any of that. You shouldn't either. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but if, we, if we're operating under the philosophy that life is precious, life is short, what a waste that is. But I do know this. Saying Carmella like four or five times, that's going to get people, especially on the left, saying that you're purposely mispronouncing the names of people of color. That's what they because that's what they default to. It can't be that she's terrible. She's awful. I I, I think she's truly one of the most unqualified incompetent lightweights I've ever seen who has nothing to say. So, you know, saying Carmella four and five times gets you that label that you're a racist. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that he either has called or regularly calls Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Sandy Cortez. I don't even know what that means. And I know, because I've heard him say this, he loves calling CNN News personality Don Lemon, Don Lemon. So, and I think he does something with Corinne Jean-Pierre as well. He says her name correctly, but he goes very sort of French, over-the-top impersonation with the last part of the name. So you add that up. And there, and I, I do believe there was something, I don't remember what it was, with Katanji Brown-Jackson as well. So then you get the other side saying, hey, this guy's a racist because he, he's messing with the names of people of color. Now, I know he's not a racist. And if you had somebody white that did exactly what Kamala Harris does, repeating one word a hundred times and saying nothing about important things it's important that we talk and when we talk we talk and we must talk i mean that's that's our vice president it's really bad it's it's kind of like i don't even know i was gonna say eddie haskell but but eddie haskell said a lot of things and i don't remember him uh ever repeating things when he was talking to mrs cleaver or Mr. Cleaver. But I, I will tell you, though, I did laugh when all of a sudden I heard him say Carmella. I, I thought, what is this? What's he doing? And then he did it a few more times. But I think it's important to note, though, if you make fun of key Democrat officials or key Republican Officials, I mean, think about how vicious the Democrats are to the Trump family. President Trump, the children, uh, Melania, look how look how they treated her. This elegant, beautiful woman. That they did nothing but but trash. How about she's never gotten 
a magazine cover, a fa- an actual supermodel. <laughs> Never got a fashion magazine cover. Looks absolutely spectacular. But Joe Biden's had at least two that I'm aware of. And Michelle Obama had whatever, five, six, whatever it was. Melania Trump, supermodel, nothing. Yeah, you can't make it up. Oh, the Pennsylvania thing I wanted to talk to you. Uh, Between January 1st and July 25th, 8,100 Democrats changed their registration to Republican in Allegheny County. That's pretty amazing. Uh, But you don't hear about that. Your calls are next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour, and please accept my sincere thanks and appreciation for waking up early in the morning. And uh, these particular hours, uh, some of my unconditionally most just, I appreciate these hours. I love open forum and love to have as much of it as we can on the program. Obviously, we don't talk about this a lot. I mean, we have everything from a business model to, you know, everything you need to do in order. How do you make it for 30, now 31 years? So you have to do what you have to do in terms of structure. But we try to have as much open form as we can. And then, of course, and, and you, you know, I never apologize for any of the structured segments that we do because I love them as well. But I love open forum and we're going to do it all hour long. 609-407-1450 and open phone line. So let's do this. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry Hurley. How are yes, you? Yes, very well. Thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm taking my early morning constitutional, and it is a tad sultry out here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> wait wait till about, uh, I, I guess, about 11, 12 o'clock when it's nearing 100 heat index. It's going to be a hot one. Yeah. Well, I go out at between 5.30 and 6, or I don't go out because it's, it's just it's unbearable at that point. Yeah, humidity, too. Uh, first, my... Condolences to the uh, congresswoman's family, oh. and um, you know I, I heard the things that uh, Joe Biden said about her. Um, you know, inappropriate speech from Joe Biden. Boy, what a shock! I know. Um, I, I I don't envy you in your position that you have to refer to him as the president because he's not. Um, I, I I can use some of the words I used to refer to him, like Joe Obama or the fossil in chief. Or just Joe Biden, but never President Biden. I just, I just can't bring myself to do that. Um, Tucker Carlson, it's, it's unfortunate that you don't get to see it. I, I watch it every night that I can, and I will tell you that he, he does this thing that Rush Limbaugh did to a fairly well. Um, he uses this literary device where he speaks in absurdities with a straight face in order to spotlight the absurdities of the person he's speaking about. And he has repeatedly 
come on and said Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris. Uh, he, he says it three or four different ways, and then he says, or whatever she's calling herself today. I knew he did the Kamala and Kamala uh, shtick, if you will. I never heard him say Carmella, though. Yes, that. Well, that's. Uh, I'm glad. I kind of glad I didn't see that because that was my mother's name. I was actually watching Jaws on the beach in Brigantine last night. Hey, I, I don't know if you saw it on my Facebook page. Um, I, in honor of Shark Week, a number of days ago, I watched Jaws. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to, Andy. I, I understand that they're going to be completely, or they are doing it, or it's almost done. I'm, I'll, I'll look into how far along it is, but I understand that they're going to have Jaws on the IMAX screen, completely redone. Can you now? You just watched it, and I watched it a few days before you did. Can you imagine that movie on a huge IMAX screen, all digitally remastered, uh, and the sound and everything? Imagine how phenomenal that will be. It, it, it would be Harry, and I, I even wrote on Facebook. Um, I whenever I'm scanning through the channels and I come across Jaws, it doesn't matter at what point in the movie I, I arrive, I watch it to the end. So last night was the first time I had seen it from the absolute beginning to the absolute end in a number of years. And I will say again what I've always felt, and, and I feel even stronger as I get older, that film was a masterpiece, especially when you consider the limitations that they had technically at that time. Yeah that they pulled that off. Yeah, what they did with that particular animatronic, whatever you want to call it, uh, at, at that time, that was so incredibly state-of-the-art that it's still not ridiculous even when you see it all these decades later. Do you agree? I, that, and that's, your, that's exactly my point. I mean, you're talking nearly 50 years ago, Harry. I know. Um, and... It's it's amazing, and I and I think you'll agree with me on this that Robert Shaw stole that film, and no other way around it. I have to I have to agree. Roy Schneider is great. Uh, I also think that Richard Dreyfus is hysterically snarky, funny in it as well. But if you had to pick one, it's it's Robert Shaw when he's singing, when he's telling his jokes, when he's off putting. Uh, yeah, he, 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 I'm not even going to even remotely debate you on that point. Here's something that is, um, a surprise to me because after watching the first Jaws, I said, you know what? I'm, I, I didn't say this the other day, but I'm saying it now because we're talking about it. I watched Jaws 2. Jaws 2 is a fantastic movie. And in that one, I think you're going to agree that Scheider st steals the entire show. The plot is incredibly serious. It's it's very well done. And for a sequel, uh, it holds up really, really well. Now, I will say, although I, I, I'm trying to think, um, help me out. Who used to be married to Meg Ryan? Oh, my God. His son is on this show that I love called The Boys. Looks a little bit like him. He's like a perfect combination between Meg Ryan and who am I thinking about? Long time Quaid. actor. Quaid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Randy. Randy's either brother or cousin. Uh, Dennis Quaid. Dennis. Yeah. Dennis. So we got it between the two of us. That's, that's synergy. That's, uh, that's how we do it. You had one. I had the other. Dennis Quaid is in 
what's called Jaws 3D. It is just terrible. It is awful. Yeah. I, I wanted to do the trifecta, the triple indie, whatever you want to call it. I put it on, and I I tried, but I had to turn it off. I couldn't take it. Now, there is a fourth one where Schneider's already dead by then, I believe, L- literally in real life, I think. Uh, he's not in it in any event. And the wife, I think her name is Lorraine Gray, if I'm not mistaken. She is in the fourth one. It's better than Jaws 3D, but it's also not very good. But I'm telling you right now, this is going to sound crazy. Jaws 2, I'll never put it ahead of the original, but it holds up incredibly well. Yeah, I, I, I like that, and it's a, it's a great ending. You know, yeah. I don't want to give it away to yeah. someone who hasn't seen it. Uh, Dennis Quaid also starred in, in another movie that was all about the special effects. It was a remake. And if you've ever seen the original, there's nothing that will compare to it. The original Flight of the Phoenix oh. with uh, James Stewart. And, 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 and by the way, although you could make the case that he's the showstopper because he is fantastic. Um, what's the name of the guy that wore the glasses? Uh, great actor. Okay, so. The, the German, the German scientist, absolutely yeah. stole the film. Yeah. Artie Kruger, yeah, he did stole the movie. Stole the movie. He says, "Oh, he's, you misunderstand. We make model airplanes. Yeah, model airplanes." <laughs> but then he tried to, and, and 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 Dennis Quaid is just out of his mind. Like they put their whole life in this guy's hand. But then he said, "But it's all the same technology. It scales, so it, you know it, it'll be fine." And of course, it, it was. That was fantastic. I'm supposed to go to break. Let me give you another moment or so. What else you got? Okay. Well, since we we only have another moment, um, and you might know more about this than I do, uh, I know that Nancy Pelosi's plane had a military escort. Is that true? Uh, Of course. Had to. You you had China uh, threatening to shoot it down. All right. But I also heard that there was a squadron of flying monkeys accompanying her. I'm going to say I I did not hear about the Wizard of Oz uh, component that you have just broached. Yes on the first, probably no on the latter. Okay? (laughs) Have a good day. Goodbye, Goodbye, Andy. Oh, my gosh. 609-407-1450, an open phone line. It's 16 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. This is WPG Talk Radio. 95.5, all because of you, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. And I'm urging all of you to be very, very smart in terms of the money you're going to spend and and the money that may be the extra money you can bring in. That's the only way to have a hedge against the economic downturn that we're living through. And the media mob, I mean, all they want to do is protect every socialist Democrat because they buy into this climate cult alarmism themselves. You have the Washington Post column. The recession experts don't think we are win one, and neither do I. For all the talk surrounding the GDP numbers this week, the job market is strong, and so are other key indicators. The hacks at the AP are saying the economy shrinking for two consecutive quarters is not the definition of a recession that, quote, counts. Yes, it is the definition of a recession. Check out the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here. You know, there's no sign that identity theft is slowing down, and frankly, why should it? 
You have more than $14 billion stolen from identity theft victims last year alone. Now, to cyber criminals, that's their success story. To the rest of us, it's a wake-up call. Now, all of us are putting our personal information at risk every day in more places than ever. And all of that exposure can make it really dangerous and easy to steal your identity. Now, LifeLock by Norton, they make it easy to help protect yourself by monitoring your identity and alerting you to threats that you could miss on your own. If you become a victim, you will get a U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist that will be dedicated to your case and help you fix it. Now, look, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every single transaction of every single business. But if you use my name, Hannity, you'll save an additional 25% off your first year. Just call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code Hannity. 1-800-LIFELOCK. LifeLock.com. Promo code Hannity. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 21 minutes past the hour. Literally 24 hours and one minute ago, I believe, right at about 7.20 a.m. yesterday. We did not find out about it in time to share the news uh, with you yesterday, and or we certainly would have. But I want to send out our deepest thoughts and prayers to Fred, Skip, and the entire Grenice family, legends here in the Atlantic City area, on the passing of their brother, Michael. Michael passed away yesterday at about 7.20 in the morning. You are all in our thoughts and prayers. Deepest condolences. 609-407-1450, open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hey, Harry. Hey. Hey, I just I posted something that, that you had amazing steaks. I was up in Atlantic City the other oh, day. And I, was I had, let me tell you, that was, um, that was a labor of love, putting that piece together. We went to our Facebook page. I put up a question that I would be putting together a list of the best steaks in Atlantic and Cape May counties. Our listeners, oh my gosh, they came through so incredibly and we were able to put that piece together last Saturday. Uh, so that's uh, a full article and a full gallery with pictures. And, oh, it came out. So, I was so happy with the way it came out. I'm getting very hungry just talking about it. But, Harry, how do you pronounce that? Is it Duggeries? I mean, Doherty's that I went to? I mean, I don't uh, okay. Uh, no, Doherty's. Okay, Doherty's. Okay. Not Doherty's, although that is a name that you will see. Docker T's, Dockerties. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was well, they have, steak. look, they have a lot. They've got the knife and fork. They have docks. They've got Dockerties at Resorts Casino Hotel. Uh, the family owns the, uh, the Linwood Country Club, which um, we had our golf tournament there for two years. Uh, yeah. They, they've got a lot going on in the Atlantic City area. All right. Well, take, take care, Larry, uh, Harry. I'll talk to you later. You got it. Thanks for reading, too. Appreciate it. And listening. Uh, what I've been doing, uh, because I just don't have time during the week, we just, I'm not, you know, it's just, it's my life. I don't stop. So it takes two to four hours to do one of these articles with the gallery of pictures. It's very time consuming. It may take you a few minutes to read. It takes a number of hours to actually do them. You've got to get the pictures. You have to import the pictures and 
format it and write uh, a description of each picture and write an article to a, a company the uh the gallery and i always spend at least an hour or more on just the article portion so i can't do these gallery pieces during the week uh i'd prefer not to do it on saturday but it's the only time i can do it so pretty much what i've been doing and i've been doing this now for quite a while you can usually before 12 noon and a lot of times even late morning you will see on our website on the app a pretty cool piece We've done lobsters. We've done favorite seafood soups. We've done favorite hot dogs, uh, milkshakes. I mean, on and on and on and on. And they're, they're so much fun, honestly, to put together. It's a great joy. And also it lets us give recognition to area establishments. Uh, by the way, sometimes the Doherty family establishments make our list and sometimes they don't because there are a lot of great places uh, in this area. Uh, so they're on it sometimes. And the last piece I did, they didn't make it. They didn't make, oh, we did a piece a couple weeks ago, uh, top 10 golf courses in the Atlantic city area. Uh, they didn't make it. Um, but it was, oh, so much fun and, uh, appreciate the caller for bringing it up. We, we do get a lot of feedback. Uh, John, I hope you're listening. Uh, last initial P. Uh, because he wrote me a beautiful note about how much he loves these different pieces that we do. So thanks for reading them. And you are definitely reading them. There's no question about that. And we uh, we appreciate it and you very much. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. How you doing? Very well. Thanks for asking. What's going on? Well, uh, I, if you don't mind, I'd like to get back to Flight of the Phoenix the original. I was going to say you beat me to it, Peter. I wanted to know which one. There, you know, there are maybe that'll be a topic we'll do on a mental health break day. Um, I did do it once, uh, quite a while ago, a couple of years ago, and I'm going to pose this question to you, but you're going to get your say first. But just tick, t- place this in the back of your mind before we hang up this call. I want to ask you if you can think of a movie where the sequel is better than the original. In my opinion, it almost never takes place. And I don't I don't know how many people have that opinion. Some people don't like the older movies, so they automatically would pick a newer remake. But tuck that in the back of your mind. Uh, what did you want to say about the original Flight of the Phoenix? First of all, first-class production in every sense of the word. But sadly, on a sad note, and it was mentioned uh, on the end credits, the uh, stunt pilot, uh, Frank Tallman, Frank Tallman, uh, he was killed uh, during filming. Wow. Who was the uh, famous actor, uh, Vic? Vic, what's his last name, that got decapitated uh, in a movie um, by the blade oh, of a... Oh, jeez. Oh, Vic... Um, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I just believe it or not, you got me this time. You've got uh, me. This I'm time. not going to cheat. I'm going to think of it. Uh, I'm going to think of it. But anyhow, uh, in your now, have you watched both the original Flight of the Phoenix and the one with Dennis Quaid? No, I've just seen the original. Okay, so we can't have that conversation. All right, go to my point because no. we've got about a minute, minute and a half before the bottom of the hour break. Uh, oh, 
no. See, I, I was going to say Vic Damone, but no, it's not Vic Damone. Vic. Mm. Oh, well, I'll think of it. I'll think of it. Um, how about my question, Peter? Because I know what a, you, you're you a throwback. This is going to be tough for you. I don't know that you're going to know. I, I don't think you're going to agree that there's one, but I don't have to speculate because you're here. Is there a movie where the remake is better than the original that you can think of? Is that a hard question? Not a remake. Not a remake. But I got to say the remake of... Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on, because when these things come to me, isn't the guy that he was a very well-known actor that was killed on set in a war movie, Vic Morrow? Vic Morrow, yeah. That was... Uh... Twilight Zone movie. I got it, right? That's it, right? Yes. Okay. I, you you know times. me. I can't stand it. When I when I know it and I just can't place it, I can't I, – I, I'm like a dog on a bone. I can't I can't get off it until we get it. So maybe, um, maybe I'll ask it this hour. But it's still open forum, so you don't you, – you know when we're an open forum, you, you do not have to conform to anything – that I want. Open Forum is all about you. But if you want to engage, we have some open phone lines. I think it's a challenging question. I almost one time said that the remake with Pierce Brosnan and Rene Russo was better than oh, let me think. Who played um, God, he's so famous. Steve McQueen. And Faye Dunaway, uh, the original Thomas Crown affair. Now, did you see both of them? No, I only saw the one with Pierce Bronson. All right. Well, oh, my gosh. Here, here's what you have to do. I watch that movie at least once a year, the one with Pierce Brosnan and uh, Rene Russo. I think Rene Russo looks the best and is the best of any role that I've ever seen her in that movie. Both of them are fantastic. But one day I went and I spoke into my my television remote and I said Thomas Crown Affair, which I own. I, I purchased it. Well, guess what popped up? Either I hit it wrong because it maybe gave me more than one option. All of a sudden, this thing is looking like, what's going on here? What is this? And it's Steve McQueen and Faye Dunaway. The original Thomas Crown Affair. And it is fantastic. But I'm going to say the remake compares so incredibly well that you could, I think, I, I would ask you in your travels, I think it's free, you know, a lot, it's available. Watch the remake. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I got to go reverse. You need to watch the original. And then tell me what you think someday, okay? I'll make it so. I appreciate it. That's a long-term or a short-term project, whichever you choose. Peter, let me get the break in, and you have a great day. All right, let me let me attempt to do something here. When we come back, we're still going to have a good amount of time. Pick a movie where the sequel, or the remake rather, not the sequel, the remake is better than the original. I'm sure they exist. I think they're far and few between, but I think they exist. And, of course, it's, it's all a matter of interpretation.
This is totally subjective, not objective. But that's fun, too. 609-407-1450. Is there a movie where you believe the newer, the remake, is better than the original? Thomas Crown Affair, it's almost a coin toss for me. It's, 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 a, it's near a tie. I think if I – and I've only seen the Thomas Crown Affair with Steve McQueen and Faye Dunaway twice – I believe I've seen the one with Pierce Brosnan and Rene Russo at least 20 times. I love the movie, and I think they're, they're fantastic in it. And the plot is so, so phenomenal. But it, it's real hard to go against Steve McQueen and Faye Dunaway because they are both fantastic. But I'll tell you, Pierce Brosnan and Rene Russo... It's a it's a great it's a great um, challenge right there. Which one actually was better? All right, Kirk Conover is texting something. Billboard Dad is texting something. Uh, and if you want to call in 609-407-1450, phone lines are open. Is there a movie uh, remake that you would pick as superior than the original? No takers right now. 609-407-1450. I feel lonely. I'll be back. We'll improve on that loneliness. Make me one less lonely person in the world, please. And Air Supply is going to play their their next concert very, very soon. WPG Talk Radio, 95.5. I'm Hurley in the Morning. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. All right, we have a lot of digital content up there, but here's three stories that you can follow on the app, on the website. National Sports Collectors, the largest Atlantic City convention in more than 10 years. I've talked to many people, elected officials uh, about it and, and you know regular business folk. Unbelievable. $20 million in Atlantic City economic impact. One of the best events ever. Kevin and Michael Bacon recently in Ocean City. We write all about it and their dad. And yes, Atlantic City lobsters are awesome. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. Our next big cold front is set to arrive Tuesday night into Wednesday. A full five days away. Until then, we broil. Today might be the hottest day of the bunch, high of 93. Heat index may top 100. The beaches will be cooler, especially on barrier islands. Mostly sunny skies. Chance of a pop-up thunderstorm this evening. A steamy low temperature of 75. Hot and very humid tomorrow, high 92. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Your home could be worth a lot more than you... Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Free. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I did some fast but interesting homework during that break. And I have a list. Some of it I can agree with. Some of it I'm just not so sure. Uh, Let's see this. Let's see what my friend just wrote me. Hold on. Oh, that's a good comment. Interesting that no one has ever tried to remake Jaws. You can't. I hope they never try. Good one. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, hold on here. Let's see if you agree with any of this. This is a list 
of 10 movie remakes that are actually better than the original. And it has the year of the remake. I'm not going to be in agreement with with a lot of these. West Side Story 2021. Now, I know that was sort of critically panned. Um, It was a big production, but there's no way that's better than the original. Sorry. Little Women, the 2019 remake, is listed as better than the original. It, Chapter 1 and 2, 2017 and 2019, said to be better than the original. Casino Royale, 2006 version. I guess that's with Daniel Craig. Uh, I have no comment on that, uh, although I would doubt it. I would doubt that it's better. Dune, not aware of the original or the sequel. The Thing, 1982. Now, this one is very interesting because rarely do you see a movie have this many remakes. Not sequels, remakes. Like a good friend wrote uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. That's merely the second movie of the Star Trek movies. It's not, it's not a remake. Um, so that, that's just off, off point by accident. I thought we were precise about that. Not not anything that like Rocky two you like better than Rocky one uh, or Rocky three. You know, uh, no, not not continuing movies within a, a franchise, but an actual remake of a movie. A Star Is Born. This list is saying the 2018 version. Now I guess that's the one with Lady Gaga. It's just how fast time goes. It doesn't seem like it was uh, four years ago. But remember, a lot of times the year they list the movie is a year before you actually even see it. I don't know if you've noticed that. Pay attention to that. Like if you see 2018, you might not have had a chance to see it until 2019. But anyhow, I I can't say that. um, Oh, my gosh. How am I forgetting? He's been at Stephen Cookies. He's been at... uh, uh, where else? In Brigantine sightings of him, uh, Bradley Cooper. Uh, and who's he dating? He's dating uh, Anthony Weiner's former wife, Hillary Clinton's uh, best buddy. That that nobody saw that coming. But I can't I cannot agree. Now, I will tell you, I did like it. I liked the 2018 movie. And I thought Lady Gaga was great. I thought Bradley Cooper was great in it. It was an interesting take. Also, they have Cheaper by the Dozen, the 2003 remake. I don't think so. But let me go to one which furthers this whole... A Star is Born. This is pretty interesting. Because you have the original movie, Janet Gaynor and Frederick March. I'm not that familiar with that at all. I am very familiar with the 1954 version with James Mason, who I love. He's in the movie. He plays that attorney, Con Cannon, uh, in The Verdict with, um, oh, it's just fantastic. 
fantastic movie. If you've never seen The Verdict, Paul Newman, James Mason, it's it's masterclass. But James Mason and Judy Garland, that version, that could be. Now, I think most people will just automatically, I shouldn't say this, but I have a suspicion that people will default to Chris Christopherson and Barbara Streisand. I don't know enough about the first to rate it, so I'll just leave them out. But if I'm rating the three others, I I would go, let's see. This is tough, but I would go James Mason and Judy Garland first. Remember, I'm leaving out the original movie because I, I don't know it. Tom Foley has Mutiny on the Bounty. Yeah, the remake is, is awesome. That that's that's a great that's a great debate. That's a fair that's a fair debate. You you have people go either way with that. All right, so I'm gonna out of the other three, I'm gonna rate the 1954 version with James Mason and Judy Garland first. The 1970s, I think it was the 70s. I'm sure it was with um, Chris Christopherson and Barbara Streisand as second, and then I have to rate third the Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. It just doesn't, it's great, but it's just not, it's not in the same league as, as the other two and, and possibly, and I'll, I'll make it a point to watch the original and let you know what I think of that. All right, I know we have some calls that want to get in, but I've got to get the final break. When we come back, you'll be next and you'll be right after that. Don't go away. Uh, the time is yours on the Hurley in the Morning next. This is WPG Talk Radio, 95.5. In case you can't tell, I love talking movies. I love movies so much. Sean Hannity. It costs more to ship everything to every store that we go to, we make purchases from, and they talk about, well, a recession with a soft landing and not having this be a long, protracted recession like we had in the Jimmy Carter years, which apparently Joe Biden is very, very angry that he's being compared to Jimmy Carter. I would take it a step further. I would say he's worse than Jimmy Carter. Sean Hannity, weekday afternoons at 3 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, great one. Nine minutes before the top of the hour, and oh my goodness, have I started chatter on this whole topic of movies and remakes. Uh, I'm pumped about it, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick a few, actually. I'm going to do a piece on this, I think. I'm going to pick a few and break them down and compare them a bit. But I would encourage you, watch both versions of the Thomas Crown Affair. And you will see masterclass performances by Steve McQueen and Faye Dunaway. And by and there are other great actors involved as well, but, but they're, the, they're the showstoppers. And Pierce Brosnan and Rene Russo. An absolutely fabulous movie made twice and both of them at the highest quality so good you know i i I, what i what i won't do is if there's a great movie and it just cannot it just can't be duplicated you can't do it i don't watch a garbage remake but if it's if it's really well done i like to do that 
I like that a lot. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Mayor, you, you, linked, it, you linked everything with James Mason. I remember uh, my favorite movie with him was North by Northwest, but uh, uh, on the remake uh, subject, I would have to say, here comes Mr. Jordan. Oh, now, I, okay. I've actually said that years ago when I broached this topic. I like both of the movies a lot. So for those who don't know, Here Comes Mr. Jordan, the remake is called Heaven Can Wait, um, starring Warren Beatty and other very recognizable uh, people. Um, Diane Cannon is in it. Uh, it. Now, I have to say, if we're flat out calling them, because it's a little bit different twist in, in Mr. Jordan, I don't think there was the football theme of you know him coming back uh, as a quarterback. It was a slightly different thing. But I, I'm going to give it to you. It is a remake. And I do believe that the remake is better than the original. Do you agree with that? A hundred percent, because uh, it was uh, the original. I believe was about a boxer. Yes. And and uh, you have the interaction between uh, Diane Cannon and Charles Grodin. Yes. You have James Mason interaction with Buck Henry. Yep. And of course, you have Julie Christie masterclass with uh, Warren Beatty. It was fantastic actually yeah I, I totally agree the first one's very good also but the uh the remake is better and that that's hard to do because most originals see if you agree with this statement generally speaking are most originals better than any sequel that's ever been made subsequently with that statement definitely true yeah yeah with exceptions and that's one of them uh, you did exactly what I wanted to have happen. I forgot about that one, but it is one actually that I've uh, talked about years ago, and I'm very familiar with it, obviously, because I do know that he was a boxer in, in the first one. And uh, if you remember, he's, uh, uh, Warren Beatty is riding his bike, and they just didn't take into consideration you know, the, the athleticism of him, and he scooped him up a little bit early. He said, I wanted to save him the pain, uh, and he wasn't supposed to die. Uh, and then, you know, the whole thing unfolds. Great, great movies, both of them. Well, Mayor, I was happy to add that one. I thought it was uh, very deserving. And uh, the original, by the way, Claude Rains and Edward Edward Horton, pretty yeah. good cast. Edward Horton uh, is an actor that everybody knows his face, but hardly anybody knows his name. Very, very good. When we were growing up, it was the uh, Aesop's Fables. Remember the Oh, voice sure. Of? Loved it. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I was big on that kind of stuff. When I was growing up, uh, my brother Don and I, we loved E.G. Marshall uh, Mystery Theater. And he told the most fabulous story. I think that's when I fell in love with radio. Uh, I don't know if I've ever mentioned that before. I know I've talked about listening to that when I was very young. We turned the lights off and they were typically these spooky stories. But he was just such a great storyteller. And that's when I, as a young person, knew that radio really is the theater of the mind. And you have to express through the spoken word everything that you don't get through nonverbal communication, body language. And had you ever heard of that mystery theater with E.G. Marshall? Yes. It's, it's fantastic. Every once in a while, it's not like I do it every day, but I've done it probably 50 times over the last decade. Uh, I will just... Go grab a um, an episode of that. Easy to find. Just just do a search, 
E.G. Marshall Mystery Theater or YouTube or whatever, uh, and they're there, and they're fantastic. Love D.G. Marshall and uh, 12 Angry Men. Oh, so uh, Henry Fonda. And, of course, Jack Lugman was fantastic antagonist, yet protagonist, antagonist. That's a great movie. Hey, by the way, there was a remake of that movie, right? Yes. But the but the remake Recently. the remake is left wanting. Yeah, it's uh, with that cast. I mean, that uh, Jack Klugman and uh, it was just that, that yeah. was out of the ballpark. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Dan, uh, high quality five star call, and I love that you brought uh, Mr. Jordan and having him wait into this. It's a perfect example of what I was trying to accomplish. Thank you, my friend. 609-407-1450, open phone line. You are on the air. Do you have one? Yes, Harry. I got five of them. Oh, geez. All right, well, let's try. We have three minutes. Go. Okay. Uh, best Westerns. Okay. Five, Maverick. So you, you say the movie remake, I guess you're talking about... Um, Oh my gosh! Like Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson. You're talking about the Mel Gibson remake of Maverick is better than the original. Yep. Okay. What's your second? Okay. Uh, Fistful of Dollars. Don't not familiar with it. It's a remake. Who's who's in the remake? Okay. Uh, the remake is still um, Clint Eastwood. Okay, well, hey, listen, anything Clint Eastwood, uh, I won't even split hairs and debate you on it. Uh, I'm a huge Clint Eastwood fan. I mean, great actor, great director, still doing it in his 90s. Phenomenal. All right, what's number three? Number three is Magnificent Seven. Ooh. So you'd have a lot of people maybe say the original would beat the remake. Okay. okay, number two, 310 the Yuma. Yul Brenner? Uh, the second one with uh, uh, Russell Crowe. Oh, see, I can't. Christian Bale. Yeah, I can't go with that. Uh, like, I mean, it's good, and they're uh, good actors, but wow. I mean, that's where this gets tough, though. All right, all right. Num- number one. Yeah. Through Grit. You have the remake? I know that you love. Oh, my God. Yes. You're, are you suffering from, like, a titsy fly bite? You're telling me True Grit, you're going to go with the remake over the original? Well, uh, it's what they, they did on the Internet. All right. But, you know, not everything. I, I, I read a list of ten, and I guarantee you about eight of them I disagreed with. Um, oh, we got to go to the top of the hour break, and I have a guest. I would love to hold you over because pound for pound... I think we can make the case, honestly. But then again, I, I agree. It's it's subjective. So because I like one, there's nothing wrong with the fact that you like another. And again, if some of these have some of your favorite actors in them, then you like the one that has your favorite actor in it. Uh, but True Grit, mm, wow, I got to give that one some thought. John Zarek is next. Thanks for uh, a, a great call. Appreciate it. PGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground. 
tribute to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Hey, let's find out how that happened. From the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour, and if I were, say, a substitute teacher or the teacher, uh, I don't care what people say. Teachers have pets, uh, and you should never mention it, but they do. I think maybe maybe if the statute of limitation, uh, plural, statute of limitations is up, Tom Hand might admit that he was very fond of the brothers Hurley. Uh, we, I think we were teacher's pets uh, a couple of times, actually, in my lifetime. Uh, and I love Thursday mornings in the 8 o'clock hour with, with my brother John. I'm not going to lie. This is Smart Law with John Zarek. John Zarek is the official and exclusive lead counsel for criminal defense legal matters for the Hurley in the Morning program. The law offices of John Zarek presents Smart Law with John Zarek every Thursday morning in the 8 o'clock hour where the law offices of John Zarek, I can promise you, their, their effort is, is it's incomparable. They're an amazing, comprehensive, all-in, amazing criminal defense law firm. To find out more, or if you're in a situation where, and I really think, you know, don't don't assume that everything is okay because it might not be. Sometimes you think it's, oh, no, what can happen? A lot of bad things can happen, or as John would call it, danger. 609 609- Six four one twenty two sixty six, the number to reach John. He loves to talk to you, and and you'll find out very very quickly if you have anything to be concerned about, or if you're an accidental tourist. Uh, John will tell you that as well. Visit John on the web at johnzarek.com. Counselor, it's already Thursday. How did this happen? Uh, well, I think time goes by quickly when you're enjoying life and doing something that's uh, beneficial to yourself and others. So um, that's, I, I know both of us try to operate that way. And, you know, so every day's uh, not without its, not without its stresses and strains, you know, there's nothing good, <clears throat> nothing good comes without uh, some pain and uh, some challenge. And that, you know, uh, as, as I say, Harry, is the treasure um, typically guarded by pussy cats and puppy dogs? <laughs> no, yeah. no, it's not. No, what's it guarded by? It's guarded dragons. by yeah, by dragons right. and killers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. So if you want to, if you want the treasure, if you want to have a good life, you've got to uh, fight the dragons. Now, now some people, you know, some people don't want to fight dragons they might just want to fight a nasty dog once in a while but um you know the dragons fighting dragons works for me you know that's that's what we do and uh it's very very um stressful painful difficult at times but you know my experience is if you stay on task if you do the preparation you need to do and you acquire the skills that you need to acquire and that that involves continuously learning you know continuously learning continuously keeping up with uh technology and uh what's going on on the internet now 
I would say almost half of our cases involve evidence that is uh, found on the Internet uh, uh, or on phones and text messaging. And, uh, in fact, we had just a run of those uh, cases like that recently. And and so, you know, what are you going to do if you don't understand uh, texting, uh, FaceTime, um, Instagram, and lots of other technologies when the evidence is contained in those situations? And uh, and it's not enough to know just a little bit because you you can't assume that things are a certain way because you see certain de- technical data because um, you very quickly make a fool of yourself as a defense lawyer or a prosecutor. So you've you've got to um, you got to struggle. You know you've got to learn and uh, and deal with it. You know like op- open the computer and stare it down. Right you. You can't just say, oh, I don't like that stuff. I don't know anything about it. Well, then you can't handle most cases. I would say most cases, but half the cases that come down the pike, you're not going to be able to handle if you do that. So, yeah, we uh, we we like it. But it's a, it's a satisfying life, I think, to be doing things that are hard but within your area of competence. Let me ask you a question that I think you could be and you don't you don't pretend to be uh, Dr. Phil or, you know, the, the Oracle Yoda or anything like that. But I really do trust your judgment and your experience. What do you say to someone that's listening right now that's perhaps maybe a little out of balance, overwhelmed? Uh, and that's not necessarily because the economy is turning a bit. I mean, this is daily life challenges for many people balancing uh work with making sure that you you make proper time for family and friends and and for um yourself actually make an appointment with yourself give us some zarek uh pearls of wisdom on balance well um i precisely what you're talking about harry what would you like feedback on that's a pretty broad topic well i'm, so. I'm basing it on generally because you, you've got a cast of thousands listening uh which we're very grateful for that people are not necessarily um the greatest at balancing their daily lives of making sure that they carve out time for themselves carve out time to make sure that you don't cheat your family but still doing a great job at work. Just a general thought about life and keeping in balance. Sure. I, I think it's, well, I think it's very, very, very important to spend some time uh, determining what those priorities should be. And unfortunately, based on what I see out there in the world, uh, a lot of people don't want to spend that time because it's hard work. It's making decisions and making decisions that are important is burdensome to some people. They don't want to do that. You know, like uh, there are a lot of people that are in pretty good jobs, but they have an opportunity to do, you know, to do much better and to, say, take a management position or uh, start a business or something like that. And they don't do it because they don't want to do that extra work of having to make more difficult decisions than the ones that they're already doing. So um, so 
same way with life. I, I, I think it's, it's very important to take the time to, you know, sit down with a pencil, pencil and paper and, uh, or a calendar, um, a couple legal pads and, and just start thinking about what you want, where you want to go, where you want to be in a year, where you want to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years. Um, just because you think about it and you write it down, doesn't mean that there are, you know, four or five soldiers are going to show up at your house and with guns and make sure that you do everything you plan on doing and that you never change your plans, that you don't adjust your plans. You know, it's it's just you. You know, you're the, you're the one that calls the shots. If you, you know, start on a path and you want to make a change, then that's okay. But it's very important to do the hard work of, and not for a long time. I mean, sitting down for five or 10 minutes uh, periodically and mapping out where you're going, what's happening, what you like to do. And then certainly once you set a goal, uh, and we're always better off setting a goal than uh, having no goal, just drifting along aimlessly. But once you set a goal, then uh, to write down um, think about what you need to achieve that goal and write those things down, right? In other words, make yeah. a plan. I love it. John, hold on. Let's get the break in. We'll be right back. I appreciate you um, taking my question there because you may have some other things that you want to talk about. Boy, I, I agree with everything, John, that you just said. Uh, I'm a big believer in setting goals. I set a goal uh, that I never thought I would ever be able to achieve uh, and 20 years later it actually we got there so if you set goals i'm not afraid to set goals that i don't actually reach or that could take decades to reach because if you make them easy like if i say hey my goal today is you know put one foot in front of the other and walk up you know one flight of two flights of stairs and come into my studio i'm not challenging myself uh but if i say that um I I'm and I never said this out loud before even now I've never said it out loud but if I set a goal that my goal is that I want to be on the Talkers magazine list of the top 100 most important radio talk show hosts in America and honestly I never thought it was going to happen but I set a goal and I set the goal uh, almost 30 years ago and it took 20 years and I almost fell out of my chair because you don't know in advance who's getting it, and I go through the list every year knowing I'm not going to be on it, but I go through it anyhow, and and it's like 25, four groups of 25, so Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, you know, uh, Mark Levin, and you go through these lists, and in one year, I was on it, and it took 20 years to set goals. John, I want you to comment on this if you don't mind when we come back. I don't think there's anything wrong. I, I know some people say, don't set a goal you can never make because then you, you feel like you're a failure or something. I never looked at it that way. I was trying. Uh, there was no application. You couldn't apply. It's just you just had to do your job and and just, you know, see if it works, if it happens. Uh, so if it never happened, I didn't feel like a failure for trying. So I, I believe in shooting for the stars and and, you know, give it give it your best and and go for it. Uh what about goals, John? Because I think a lot of people 
that our life coaches and stuff would set, you got to set realistic goals. Like I'm not going to set a goal that I'm going to be the next Simon Cowell and, and be some multi, multi magnet, you know, uh, entertainment, you know, you know, uh, genius and, and, and all this. And I'm going to be a judge on America's got talent and be the executive producer of the show and all of this. But I think it's important to set really ambitious goals and then, if you don't hit the home run and you hit a double or a triple, you still have something to be very proud of. John Zarek continues with the law offices of John Zarek. Right after this with John, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. South Jersey's number one talk station. Thank you, Mr. President. It is 23 minutes past the hour. I am early in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, all because of you. Again, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. We know it's you, and we can't thank you enough, but we'll try. We'll keep trying. John, I left a cliffhanger that I know, obviously, you have a lot of content that has nothing to do with, with what's interesting to me at the moment. But I did pose the question to you. What is your Zarek doctrine, your recommendation relative to setting goals? There is the one school of thought. They have to be realistic because if you don't achieve them, you can get demoralized and then underperform and, and you know, and, and have all kinds of frustration because, you know, like if I set a goal that I'm going to be in space in the next 12 months, uh, I'd be very sad because I'm probably not going to be in outer space in the next 12 months. How realistic do you have to be? How high can you shoot? Well, I'm glad you asked that. That's a very, very important topic. Um, You should have goals that are unrealistic, in my opinion, but not... not necessarily unachievable in your wildest dreams, right? So um, if you want to be in space in, um, say, a two-year period, um, that's pretty crazy, but uh, it doesn't mean that it's completely unachievable. There are people, there's a price to be in space. You know, it's a lot of money, um, but... There may be ways to, if you set that goal and that's your burning desire and you think about it and you plan for it, you'd be surprised how many scenarios, difficult though they may be, you can come up with that will get you into space. You may be a a worker. You may be able to earn the money to buy your way in. You may be uh, a valued assistant uh, or, in your case, Harry, you may be the spokesman for the crew in space. I mean, there are there are ways to get there, uh, maybe that haven't been achieved in that way so far. But if you start thinking about it, if you set the goal and firmly desire that goal, then things will start popping into your head that were never there before. And that's the value of goal setting. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I've never confessed this ever before. It was a private goal and i have a lot of these things that no one i have many unspoken thoughts people think that you know you're a talk show host so you just say everything i have many unspoken thoughts i set a goal of that talkers magazine uh honor and honestly thought it was never going to happen but i set the goal anyhow give you a second goal no it's not a goal 
it's not a goal because I, I didn't believe in myself. And I'm not, you know, I'm a pretty confident person, but I didn't believe in myself with this one. My wife told me for over 20 years, she said, you are going to go national. I said, honey, please. I said, I'm a local Metro Market talk show host. I couldn't be happier. I said, that's just never going to happen. There's too few uh, opportunities. And it's like getting struck by lightning. It's just, and I'm not being modest about it. I, I never saw it as possible. And she said, your thoughts become things. It's going to happen. 20 years, she kept telling me that. And I kept saying, it's not going to happen. There's no path that I'm on. I'm not trying to get it. And there's just no path there. And John, it happened. So amazing things can happen. People should dream and people should set unrealistic goals. I, I, I hear sometimes people say, don't set unrealistic goals. I, I don't think you should set a goal that will absolutely demoralize and wreck you. But I think we should, like you just said, John, we should set unrealistic goals because amazing things are possible. Of course, of course. Uh, you have, uh, you know, I used to uh, be a teacher, presenter. There was a, a, in fact, I maybe will talk to the county executive about that and the warden and others. There was uh, a number of us used to, uh, present for substantial periods of time at the therapeutic community in the Atlantic County Jail, Atlantic County Justice Facility. And there was, there was a place, a dorm type situation with room for 40 people who expressed a desire to do better, you know, to not use drugs, to not commit crimes, to not go come back again. Um, they had to do time for various reasons, but they wanted to do their time in a way that um, was helpful, uh, that would that, that would improve their lives, and so um, I I volunteered and presented. I was asked whether I would speak, and I said sure, uh, no pay or anything, but it was extremely satisfying. And the first thing I would say, and I would say it to new crews that they as they came in or new groups of individuals, um, you know. We, I talked about goal setting, and I would tell them, I'm going to tell you how uh, General Electric runs. Now, uh, I had, uh, I was very friendly through uh, while I was in, in law school with uh, a vice president of one of the divisions of General Electric, and he had, had a couple of those jobs. Um, they were maybe eight divisions at that time. They were, they were, there was power generation, that like around the world, power distribution around the world. Um, there was retail consumer, you know, uh, there was, uh, you know, military, there was various, uh, various groups, each headed by a VP, extremely, uh, powerful people who, uh, were, were totally dedicated to running those divisions. And, and GE was just killing it at that time. They were just making money hand over fist. And the, the way they ran things, and I would explain this to um, the troops, this is how they run. They, they, the top guy, I, I would say, do you know what the president of GE makes? 
and they say, you know, the guys don't know. They're 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 not skilled in this stuff. They'd say a hundred thousand dollars, please, <laughs> and they'd say uh, five hundred thousand dollars. I change, and they keep guessing. And I say, I, I would say, how about twenty five million dollars? And they're all, you know, there's screaming and yelling and laughing and uh, you know shouting and it was it was crazy you know the, the spectacular um, tried to be as entertaining as I could because you know we had a lot of time together and um, and jail in general was not that entertaining so uh, so I said and do you know what that guy knows do you know what that guy knows about um, buses and trains and general power generating plants and all that do you know what he knows about all that stuff and and how much he knows about that and they they, they say a lot he's got to know this and this i said no he doesn't know anything and they're looking i said how do you what do you think about that 25 million for nothing <laughs> but 25 million and you don't know anything you, you couldn't change a tire on uh a wheel on a on a train you know and they would you know, they would go crazy about that. And I said, but he does know one thing. He does. This guy is good at one thing. And they couldn't guess what it was. I said, he's good at setting goals. And, of course, this population, 40 guys, they knew nothing about. They didn't even know what I was talking about. And this is what he would do. And I describe how he'd do it. He'd, he'd decide if they did $40 billion dollars. Uh, the company did $40 billion that last year, he would come in and essentially say, um, guys, we're going to do $44 billion this year, you know, out of the blue, essentially. And then he'd go to each individual vice president and say, you know, you did $8 billion last year. Can you do nine this year? Yeah, we've got the war in the Middle East, but we got this, but we've got, uh, you know, really some wells online that are great and new manufacturing and markets. Yeah, I can do the nine. So he sets his goal at nine. He calls his managers in and says, Jim, you did a million, you, you know, you did a billion last year. Can you do a billion one or two this year? Yeah, I can do that. You know, I'll do it. And they go down the line. And then essentially they say at some point they, they're all set. They know their goals. They know where they have to go. And that the, the president says, ready, set, go. Simplification, but generally that's what happens. Yeah, they, le- leadership and the goal setting that each of those department heads delivers their bottom line. And then he, of course, is the CEO, the president. He's a hero when they hit you know the goal. Hold on, John. Uh, we'll turn it right back to you as soon as we come back. You're listening to Smart Law with John Zarek. With John, I am Harry this is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. These are all happy stories, and they're all great stories on the app. The National Sports Collectors Convention was the largest Atlantic City convention in more than a decade. It brought $20 million in economic impact. It was an incredible event for Atlantic City. Can't wait till it comes back. Hadn't been here since 2016. Kevin and Michael Bacon in Ocean City, an absolute hit. And yes, Atlantic City lobsters are awesome. I have the proof. 
It's on your app. Back with John right after free. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Not only is it going to be ferociously hot over the course of the next week or so, there's really no break in the humidity either. Get ready to sweat. Today's high 93. The heat indexer feels like temperature may top 100. It'll be cooler at the beaches with blazing sunshine overhead. Tonight's steamy, low 75, still hot and very humid tomorrow. High of 92, partly sunny with a few strong late-day thunderstorms. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you. Welcome back. 39, almost 40 minutes past the hour, flying by as always with John Zarek at Smart Law with John Zarek, presented by the Law Offices of John Zarek. Counselor Zarek, the time is yours. We were talking about goal setting and how uh, General Electric, for example, runs, but, you know, most major corporations run the same way. And uh, what they would, what, what one other thing would happen, they'd set goals all the way down the line and then go for it. And the important thing that they would do is they would bonus all the vice presidents. Uh, okay, you get, if you hit this goal, you get this much for yourself, and then you get this much to distribute among your assistant vice presidents. And then they go to their managers, and they do the same thing, and so on down the line, so that everybody is standing to benefit from the situation, from the um, from meeting those goals. And you'll find, and this is generally the case with uh, major businesses, uh, major corporations, Fortune 500 corporations, um, most of the people running those corporations, the presidents, the vice presidents, the, the major players, CEOs, they don't need the money. They've got all the money they can ever use. Their kids are taken care of. Their grandkids are taken care of. They can have all the money they can ever use in their life. Uh, but they do it anyway. And they, because they love the challenge, right, John? For the, They love the challenge, and they love making their employees, they love taking care of their employees. Yeah, I like they that. love, um, for example, they like making millionaires. They like uh, set, taking a company where the people are doing okay or not so well and turning the company into a, a very successful company providing tremendous service to the community and to the country and the world, perhaps. And uh, at the same time, creating circumstances for families that are, you know, extremely good, extremely helpful and extremely beneficial uh, to the to not only the kids, the grandkids and the neighbors, but everyone that they have contact with. And that's, you know, that's what business is about it's not the enemy and that's what goal setting is about goal setting is to do better across the board so yeah it's extremely important to set goals but i would tell the guys at the jail they knew you know once once it's explained and they saw how it worked um and i said what if what if they don't meet the goal well if they don't meet the goal you know nobody comes in and locks you up you know, what if you set a goal to make $50,000 this year? You've been making 
15,000 or 20,000. You set a goal to make $50,000 and you, you don't make, you don't make it, but you only, but you make 40. It's, you know, you're still much better off and there's no punishment for not making the goal. It's just, uh, perhaps a psychological punishment. And there are a tremendous number of people, um, you know, we, we can have a lot of hard knocks growing up. We can have bad teachers. We can have bad coaches. Uh, we could be, you know, psychologically traumatized. And this is the worst thing you can do to a kid. You can be psychologically traumatized for not meeting your goal or not meeting an expectation. You know, you lose the ball game. You, you don't get an A. You just don't produce the way you want to or someone else wants you to. And you could be um, made to feel ashamed, berated, uh, criticized, punished even for that. Um, so you have a lot of people with uh, that in their background at various times where they don't want to set a goal, even though it doesn't cost them anything, even though it's proven to make things much better and much uh, more productive and give you a better life, people won't set a goal. You've got to, you know, fight with them to make them set a goal uh, because they just have a fear of failure. They don't want to set it because they don't, they don't want to fail, you know, and that's one thing we all have to overcome and, and realize when you set a goal, you are, um, you know, there's no, there's nobody, there's nobody that's going to come and arrest you. There's no one going to come and berate you. It's just you, you know, and it's, it can be nothing but good when you do that. So I, I, I met through the years, so many people would come up to me. I'd bump into them at the street, at a mall, at uh, an event or something like that. And people would come up and say, hey, Mr. Zarek, uh, I'm still setting goals. It's where I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I just graduated from college. I just you know, just got my uh, nursing degree, uh, you know, got my LPN. I'm working on the, uh, uh, you know, an RN now. Uh, you know, just an incredible number of people would uh, acknowledge how well that worked in their lives. And, um, you know, but it's not taught. And that's another thing I would say to the people um, at the jail, you know, did anyone come and tell you this when you were a kid? Did your parents tell? Did they ever tell your parents this stuff? And they say, no, never heard of it before. I said, me neither. You know, I didn't hear this stuff till I was an adult. And, uh, you know, I said, do you know why? <laughs> I said, because nobody cared about us. <laughs> you know? <laughs> John, hold it right there. We're coming right back. Final break, uninterrupted then until the top of the hour. Another thing, John, that I recommend is write your list of things that you're going to do every day. I keep both a day timer. I keep a lot of things in my uh, smartphone because you don't even need a paper day timer anymore. I've just, I still keep one because I just like it. But you can put everything in your smartphone and that's your, your day timer just using uh, technology, electronics. And also I have a list of everything that I want to get done. After I sign off, I have a list of everything that I want to get done today, and it's usually a pretty um, ambitious list, and I think that also helps you stay organized and get things done because you get it done, and I put a little check mark next to it. It's done. It's over. 
Uh, if it's not done, I have to move it to the next day or at some point in time in a tickler file, move it ahead because it's something – if I wrote it down, it's something I want to get done. I have to get it done at some point. So I think keeping lists also is um, helps you in terms of task management. More with John Zarek right after this. This is – WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. John, we left right before the break. How important in your estimation is it in terms of writing goals down or having your appointments for the day and your to-do list stuff and really working the list and, you know, I found that that works for me. I I have to write these things down. I look at them. They become very tangible to me. And I enjoy actually crossing items off the list. What are your thoughts about that type of strategy? I think it's important. I I do a couple things. I have uh, an electronic calendar, Mm -hmm. you know, know, Microsoft Office, Office, I use that. Um, I have electronic everything uh, across the board that works really well to keep us organized, to put in things, to take out things, reminders, the the works. But I also, um, me, just uh, a daily planner, you know, a small, you know, five by eight daily planner that has lots of room for each day and has a month overview and so forth. And it doesn't hurt to... Um, that's not my master. Uh, that's not my master organizer. That's just something that I look at all day. And as I'm talking to a client, I may write down their name. I might write down uh, phone numbers. I might write down a key witness um, or make a little list as I'm going through a 10 or 15 minute conversation of things that I want to follow up on regarding that. And then after I'm done that conversation, I may do an email and say to my crew, I need this, 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 and this, and then uh, maybe create a follow-up for the next day to to check on the progress of those things. And, you know, it, it's, not, it's, it's not a perfect list. It's just um, kind of greatest hits for the yeah, day. I like that. That, yeah. I, that I write down. And it could be, you know, it could be personal stuff. It could be business stuff. But... Um, yeah, extra, extra organization never hurt anyone. You know, a little time spent in planning and documentation and, uh, goals and really making a list is really setting goals for the day. Um, and so you're, you know, making those goals and kind of checking them off as they're achieved is, it's actually, it's, it's not only good for, uh, in terms of your performance, it's good for, it's, it's satisfying personally. You know, when you get something done, you feel a sense of satisfaction. And if you get a number of things done, then you feel even more satisfied. So yeah. it's, it's good. And it, and it frees as much as you can put down on paper, uh, where you don't have to keep that in your mind at all times. Um, that's how free your mind is to do the most important thing, which is think and strategize and and um, map and dream maybe uh, and and maybe maybe set some unrealistic goals uh, for the outcome of a certain situation 
John, talk about some, and I know it, it, it's different in everybody's own individual space, but to some extent, we it's relatable and transferable. We may have a big project that's due, and getting started sometimes is very hard. And so we humans, I think, sometimes put things off because you really don't know how to begin. So until you begin, you can't get it started and you're never going to finish it if you don't start it. My experience has been that I even do that once in a while. I don't miss deadlines because I just I, I, I can't live with that. But getting started sometimes is a challenge. But once you get started, and I think this is relatable to everybody that's listening, once you get started, you find your way through. You're now, you know, past the beginning and you're heading towards the middle and then you get excited about, you know, how it's going and you can see your way through to the third quarter pole and then you get to the finish line. Getting started and and trying to avoid procrastination, I think, is also um, really teachable, coachable. It is. Uh, it is. And, and procrastination, which is really sloth, it's really laziness. Um, it's not doing right now what you should be doing. Yeah. And yeah. usually because it's painful. Yeah. Um, if you're, if you're indecisive about something, uh, and, and, you know, you have that fear of making a mistake, then if you don't even start, you can't make a mistake, right? Right. That's, that's the, that's right. the, <laughs> so. Or if so it's something should. that you have some time, it's not due today. We all know when we were children, did we have all marking period or if it's called semester, you had all semester to get the project done. And here you are burning the midnight oil hours before it's due. And I know that's something that many people have faced in their lifetime. Yeah, it's a it's a painful way of life. So we want to avoid that. So when we have a when we have a task that needs to be done, um, we should do it. And a lot of people think that they have to think correctly. They have to have the right frame of mind before they start. You know, that that thought has so much to do with it. And, you know, you, you generally don't want to have defective thinking all day long, all week long, all month long, all year long. You know, you, you, you do want to think correctly. But um, thinking, there's a, there's a saying, you can't think your way into right living, into right acting. You can't think your way into right acting. You have to act your way into right thinking, mm. right? I love that. So Just you, the opposite. You, if you have a pain, that's right. If you have a painful thing to do, you know, something that you're indecisive about, something that's going to take a little extra work and discomfort, you know, you're not sure which way to go and you've got to decide which way to go, then to to take out a piece of paper or a computer and just write down the alternatives. Ben Franklin was fantastic, uh, fantastic at this. John, I hate to say this, 25 seconds, go. Yeah. Well, he he would write down the positives and negatives, and or you could write down alternatives. And very, if you do that, if you do put something on paper, typically the right way to go will jump out at, yeah. at you. I, I've you, done that my whole life. Pros and cons, and I, I believe I answer I answer it honestly, and I go with you know with the result. Yeah, that was Benjamin Franklin. I love and it. it works to this day. It works to this day. It does. And once you get going, then that creates its own momentum. 
Hey, John, this was very motivating. And uh, keep saving lives. Love what you do. And we'll talk real soon. WPGG Great talking with you, Harry. Such a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Sean Stein. Here we go. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thanks very much. Welcome back. Six minutes past the hour. Sean Steitler is here. Let me thank Sean because he should have been here yesterday. Uh, He was scheduled to be here yesterday and he would have been here yesterday. I filled in for Brian Kilmeade, which meant that the nine o'clock hour I was actually doing Brian's show, even though early in the morning was still on and I could see the phone lines were completely lit. So Chris Coleman does such a great job with our previous um best of content that it, it's undetectable that i'm not here uh but i i was in the studio but i was national doing the kill me show all across america uh but looking at the switchboard and seeing that people were actually calling in with what we were talking about here on this show would have been sean yesterday is what i'm trying to say and and he was very very good about moving uh, to today. So it's East Coast Roofing, Siding and Windows, our regular monthly program starring Sean Steitler. He's got a lot of friends with him, by the way. So you're going to be hearing a little bit of chatter uh, during at least the beginning uh, part of the uh, the hour. Uh, this is our regular monthly program, typically held on the first Wednesday of every month in the nine o'clock hour. East Coast Roofing, Siding and Windows is the official and exclusive provider for the Hurley in the Morning program and the Harry Hurley family personally, and I'm so proud of that, for roofing, siding, windows, doors, and gutters. East Coast Roofing, Siding, and Windows. On the web at eastcoastroofing.com to make an appointment, 609-646-1444. And you can navigate digitally as well. So if you go to the website or if you're on your cell phone, just bookmark it, put it on your home screen, and then right at your fingertips, uh, you can go right to the um scheduling team at east coast roofing siding and windows and if i've if i've inspired you to call please tell them that uh at the point of contact sean welcome to your program uh sean and friends yeah thank you thank you harry it's good to be back so who who do you have with you this morning sean i know but i'd like our listeners i have i have 40 baby chickens with me this morning because uh moments before we were going to get on the air. Uh, the post office called and said, hey, your chicks are here. you got to come get them right away. Oh, I love it. So I reached out to Harry via text. And I said, hey, just an FYI. You know I mean, it might be a little loud at the beginning part of the show. I am home now, and I am taking them out of their little crates and getting them into their little brooder setup where they're going to have fresh water and, and fresh food and things like that. So that's good because they've been traveling for a day, and uh, it's good to get them under heat and and under some uh, fresh water and fresh food and stuff like that. So, yeah. So I know it's a little bit not like roofing and siding, but, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> but it's life. I provide roofing and shelter as well to yes. baby chickens. Do, <laughs> now, do, 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 is the roof in solid condition at the chick's home? The roof is in solid condition. Actually, we have a brooder set up in our garage, and we have a nice chicken coop 
out back that I built. And I roofed myself personally from I, my I love it. Uh, experience that I've done. You know, my dad made me do roofing back when I very first started. I was picking up trash in the beginning, and then I used to install roofing and such. So, Dude, Does uh, that um, roof have a double lifetime warranty? It does, yeah, I, absolutely. It's got the same GAF architectural shingles. It's got the ice and water shield. It's got the ridge vent. You know what I mean? Oh, I do. Properties. I know, I know sure exactly what you mean. I'm a student of uh, East Coast Roofing, Siding, and Windows. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so exciting. Uh, I, I happen to really, I can't explain this, but, well, I have a love of animals, but I'll watch these different shows, and you watch these shows with the chickens, and the whole, you know, process of the, the laying of the eggs, uh, caring for them, it's uh, it's pretty cool, isn't it? I guess it's a little bit of work, too, right, Sean? It is, yeah. It, it's work. Absolutely, it's work. Yeah, and I, I'm also proud to say that all, all 40 of the ones that we ordered made it, and they all look very healthy. They're all running around, which sometimes can be a problem, you know, when you get chicks from a hatchery that, uh, you know, some of them can, can perish during transit. But luckily... We are blessed because all 40 chickens made it. They all seem very healthy. None of them seem lethargic or, or anything like that. So they're all getting some water, getting some food, running around their little, little you know, brooder box they got going on here. So that's uh, now that we got them set up, so that's good. I can step away. How many? Hey, Sean, how many w- do you have typically on hand at any one time? Well, this is new for us, right? So we, we approached the house in Estill Manor in March, and it had some land. So we thought, you know, at first we were, you know, I don't know what we are thinking. And then uh, we ended up getting some quail, and uh, that was easy. You know what I mean? And we had 28 quail turned into, like, right now I think we have, like, 90 quail. They're delicious quail eggs, and also they're pretty delicious themselves. Um so we have about them, and then we have uh, a chicken run um, and a chicken coop, like a 20-by-30-foot chicken run that I built, fully predator-proof and all that. And uh, and we have, just right now, we got a couple, just three chickens in there, but 10 of these 40 chickens uh, will be hens, and they'll be they'll be for the chicken coop for egg-laying. And 30 of them are a, uh, a broiler-type chicken, so we'll raise them for the next uh, several months and then, you know, come fall. You know, they'll be ready to uh, <laughs> to become future food, which you know may not be the greatest for some listeners. But you know, we we do like to you know, we, one thing we're trying to do is is uh, you know provide our own food source and things like that. We got some garden beds, vegetable things like that. So you know, one thing we wanted to take some responsibility for is our own food and stuff. So. See, I, I have to tell you, and I know some people have different takes on this, but and I'm not, I'm not just saying this because you and I are good friends, but we eat chicken. You know, so unless you're totally vegan and you eat nothing with a face, uh, it's no different whether you're eating the chicken that you got out of the big box store that's all wrapped in, you know, cellophane and in the uh, the little cardboard plate uh, and you take that home. Or if you do it more like what people do that uh, I, I watch all these shows. I love them. People that actually uh, are off the grid even. And they have everything that they need. Uh, and that's, I mean, they are food. I mean, you know, they're not necessarily pets. So anybody that would be turned off, I mean, I would just say, hey, are you eating steak? Are you eating chicken? Uh, are you eating fish? I mean, it's, it, it, does it matter if, if it's happening more at the, um, 
the, the most wholesome possible way with no preservatives and and none of the things, no growth hormones and all these things that um, make it into the food supply. And a lot of times you don't even know where it's coming. I, I see people telling me these great deals on seafood. I say, you got to tell me, where is that coming from? Uh, we're doing a lot of business now with Vietnam and they're a great trading partner. But some of that stuff is coming from places that who knows? Who knows the conditions of of what you got and and exactly how they were raised and and all of that. So I, I'm not riffing just because you said, hey, I don't know what some people think of that when you made that one quick comment. But I had chicken last night and I, and I will report it was absolutely delicious. Margie prepared it with these panko breadcrumbs and it was some of the most tender, delicious, wonderful and I, th- I believe it was organic um, chicken that I've ever had. Incidentally, I don't have to tell you this, Sean. Anybody out there that has been pricing uh, chicken and other meats, holy smokes. I mean, you need to get a second and third job. It's getting really expensive out there. Yeah, yeah and it's also costly to, to raise them. But like I said, I think it's a, the difference, too. If we're going to eat chicken, I mean, you get a new respect for the animal. You get a new respect for what you're actually doing. But... You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather eat a chicken that's had a happy life. It has one bad day, you know what I mean? But Or one bad moment, I would say. But they'll be raised on grass in a field. They'll be eating fresh bugs. They'll have plenty of room to roam around. I mean, they'll, you know, they'll have a good life versus being kept in a small, you know, box where they can't even stand up and move and, you know what I mean, and, and cram in and cover oh, in their own. It's terrible. Mess. You know what I mean? Where these will be, well, you know, exactly. Well, taken care of. They'll be good. They'll have, you know what I mean? But, yeah, it's one bad day. But, you know, and, uh so it's, it's, it's a bit of a new adventure for us, and we are looking forward to it. And you're right, it comes to you. I mean, I get up early in the morning. i got to go out and give all the animals food and water real quick before, you know, getting to work and then coming back in the day and, you know, doing a couple things by the end of the day. But get some routine down, and it's, it's good. It's, it's good hard work, but I tell you what, it's, it's rewarding hard work. A lot like, you know, when, you know, when I used to do the installations, when I used to do the roofing, there's something there when you get to a job site in the morning and then, you know, there's an old roof there, and by the end of the day, brand new roof everything is nice and beautiful you can something you can really hang your hat on like wow like this is hey i did this yeah i love it actually it's a sense of accomplishment and it's um it's part of the human experience i think it's uh terrific 16 minutes past the hour yes believe it or not this is the east coast roofing siding and windows monthly radio program and it's true we're talking chicken uh we'll come back we'll come back strong and uh unless sean has any more that he wants to share relative to any of that the time is yours sean if not we'll shift gears and we'll talk about what's happening at east coast roofing siding and windows and as always they're very very responsive in getting back to you you're going to love their follow-up systems i speak that as someone that's done roofing siding windows doors and gutters they've touched every product that they do the only thing they don't do is your handrails and things like that but really every exterior part of your home uh they do it's it's extraordinary and they in my opinion and the reason that we use them they are the best at what they do the quality of the work the warranties that you will receive and we'll talk a lot about this with sean coming up to make an appointment for roofing siding windows doors and gutters don't do as i say do as i've already done and continue to do 609 646-1444 East Coast Roofing Siding and Windows on the web at eastcoastroofing.com. Back with Sean in just a few minutes. This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 
Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thanks very much. Welcome back. It is 21 minutes past the hour. So this thermometer that I'm looking at right now, which will soon be topping out a few hours from now at 92 degrees, and there's not going to be a cloud in the sky. Sean, just to give your listeners an idea... On a day like today that's in the 90s, and it could be up on a black roof, dark roof, which you know is is brutal. It's like being in a, in a, in a black car, which I have. It's scalding uh, until the air gets going, but they don't, they don't have any air up there. Uh, and you have all that radiant sun and the, the heat that builds up from the surface itself. It's got to be well over 100 and some degrees, isn't it? It can be, yeah. Especially if the roof is a black roof. Yeah. You know, but it's a white one. It's a little bit more reflective, but yeah, it's uh, surprising today. Color, you know, a lot of people say, well, I want a dark light roof. I don't want it to be too hot in the attic. Today, with the right ventilation system, inside attic temperatures isn't really going to make it any difference at all between a white roof and a black roof or any colors in between. There might be like a four degree difference in an attic between white and black, but any other colors, it's, it's barely anything at all. But working up there, for sure, it's. Uh, yeah, it could be extremely hot on days like today. It's it's extremely important to stay well hydrated. Yeah, um, you know, making and, and again, that's one of the things that we do give our crews. You know, they're on the field, they're at the site. You know, they're on the roof. We give the foreman the the abilities to to make those calls if it's if it's reaching dangerous temperatures. Where even if you're staying hydrated, the last thing we want on a job site is someone you know passing out while they're up on a steep roof or something like that. It's just you know safety is important to us. Yep. So today, like today, we might work a little slower in the essence of maybe not tear the whole roof off. Maybe just do sections of a time to make sure that, hey, if it did get hotter in the day and we did have to make a call like, hey, it's not going to work out. We're not we don't have the whole roof open for the homeowners where they're, you know, worried about, you know, maybe some midnight showers or things like that. Or even over midnight, even at the rain call, you don't want to have a roof opened up with a lot of holes where maybe you get some bats or some critters or things like that, you know, finding new ways to get inside the house. So, yeah, they, you know, we take extra cautions and make sure that all these things are prepared for. They are um, very industrious. Squirrels and bats and things like that. Um, they they get in the smallest little, uh, you know, imperfections, don't they? They can, yeah. Yeah, I've been in several attics with, you know, you don't realize they're up there at all. But I mean, one time I remember the insulation under the... I thought they heard scratching up there. I thought it was a squirrel and they had some leaks and things like that. It was in this attic and all, the, all of a sudden the insulation... Where I was at started to move, and all then there were bats flying out of the in between the insulation and the sheetrock. So like where the inside of the house is, they were kind of getting crawling in between that layer of insulation and on top of the sheetrock, which is where that scratching always coming from. And they had eventually had a pest control person come out, and they removed like like thirty some bats from the attic. So oh, yeah, it's unbelievable. We actually had a bat issue. Um, they they love that's why your siding you need East Coast roofing siding and windows. Your siding has to be done right. They love to live inside the the um the 
the inside part of the, the, the siding, and that's a beautiful home for them if you don't have it buttoned down right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, getting in the, in that gap right there, or where the siding overhangs, like the soffits and things, or dormers. A lot of times, where the dormer soffit meets the roof, that's a difficult area to flash. A lot of people skip that. I can't say I'm an house they go to where we're, you know, a roof is maybe five, ten years old or having leaks around dormers, and it's because, you know, the areas where the dormer meets the roof or the station soffit of the dormer meets the roof, they never replace the flash, and you can see the old shingles are still sitting right there. They just, you know, butt the shingles up to it so it looks right from the ground. And then nail it. And then, you know, you got a one-year workmanship warrant. You thought you had a lifetime roof, and technically you do. The shingles, that might say lifetime, so people are expecting a lifetime roof. And then in the fine print somewhere, it doesn't even mention a workmanship warranty or the workmanship warranty is only a year, so you get leaks. That falls under a workmanship guarantee. And and to be honest, it, I can't tell you how many roofs we replace that are still under a workmanship warranty from a company that's still in business, but it's just ghosting the customer. I mean, it's... Because oh. they say it's under warranty. Yeah. If they're not an extremely reputable company, they don't really care about their reputation sometimes, and they don't need to come out and, and handle it. And eventually, you're going to hire someone to do it because it's your house that's falling apart. Yeah, that's that, Sean. That's a really good point. With your uh, guarantee, which is a real guarantee, and it's two lifetime guarantees, so you don't have to worry about this. But I want to ask you the question anyhow: What does the sun and this excessive heat? I mean, these products are better than ever. They they hold up to all this, don't they? They do, and that has a lot to do with the system that we install. And I talk a lot about the system because that is the number one, I would say, difference to that and then the trained installation. Obviously, you can have it the greatest system. You install it incorrectly, and it, it isn't worth anything. So, you know, when we install a system, back in the day, there were gable vents. Attics were extremely hot. Attics are still extremely hot. But when you have proper ventilation, and I mean intake and exhaust, the soffits, where your roof extends past your siding, like when you build that, you know, picture of a house, you know, I mean, when you're a classic kid, it's like a square and the triangle on top of the square, and that's like the house. But the triangle's a little bit bigger than the square. That's the soffit where the where the roof extends past the house. Those soffits need to breathe, and air needs to be able to get in that soffit because in the ridge vent is the peak of the roof, and that is an opening there where air can flow out. So hot air rises and as air flows out, it's like a vacuum effect as air is coming out, new air is getting sucked in. Picture like a straw, you're sucking through a straw, yep. air comes out the top, it forces things in from the bottom. You need both an exhaust and a intake type of ventilation system. One thing we check for is making sure that when we do, an, we do a roof inspection or a roof consultation, reason we get up in the attic is not only to check for leaks the homeowners may not be aware about, not only to check for rotted wood, so there's no, hopefully we give them a heads up on any kind of, you know, extra cost that there's wood replacement, but also making sure the attic is properly ventilated because if they don't have that soffit ventilation, they are going to develop problems in this extreme heat. Their attics are going to get much, much hotter. They could cook the shingles, getting them to temperatures where they could uh, delaminate faster, and improper ventilation will void out the lifetime warranty that the manufacturer gives, which is why we make sure we do these inspections so that the customers have that lifetime warranty and it's not voided out for them so they can transfer it, sell it to the next owner, no cost to transfer it. Um, all those things are, are critical to have proper ventilation. And we use a product called deck armor. It's a type of underlayment. It's not tar paper. It's not the other type of synthetic underlayments that aren't breathable. 
the under limit that we use actually allows air to move out but not in. So it's breathable from one direction. That's from the attic side up out. So as air runs along that plywood, a lot of it's able to breathe. It keeps the shingles cooler because there's a breathable surface underneath of them. So the plywood's not getting as hot. And all of that helps prevent the, the heat from blistering the roof, damaging the roof. It wears out the asphalt. Then when the asphalt wears down, that first layer of granulars start to fall off. Then more asphalt's exposed. More asphalt wears down. You know, so that can happen over a 50-plus year period, um, but shouldn't happen in the first, you know, 10, 15, 20, even 30 years if it has proper ventilation, which is, again, a critical part for us to look into and help these homeowners out with. Yeah, I love the way you talk about the East Coast roofing, siding, and window system because that's the whole point. It isn't just the great product itself it, it is the quality of the installation and all the things that you do that that makes it uh such a um uh, a world-class installation to make an appointment east coast roofing siding and windows call 609-646-1444 sean i want you to talk about i know you've run into this because you and i have talked about it long ago on air and we talked about it off air i actually know someone who did this uh, and it's just terrible. Uh, people that will vent vent the um, uh, the microwave oven or a bathroom exhaust fan, and they just allow it to just pour all that hot, damp, you know, problem air right into the attic itself, hitting the under you know side of the roof in the attic. Uh, Anybody that, you know, it's it's worth actually making sure that you haven't had this done to you. You know, you have to ventilate that out, not keep it in. And Sean will explain why next. We're at halftime already, believe it or not, with Sean Steitler. This is Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. So, Sean, this can happen a couple of different ways. This could be um, a homeowner that just doesn't know and like, oh, well, this is easy. I'll just go buy this um, this exhaust fan and uh, put it in and. And and boom, it goes right up in you know into the attic. The bathroom's now not all you know uh, humid. It's just fantastic until it's not. Or I hate to say it because you know my my doctrine is that I don't lift you up by tearing someone else down. But there are unscrupulous uh, people, and they know it's wrong, and they just do it on the cheap, you know, and maybe not even charge you cheap. But don't take, you know, do the duck work and go out through the roof and properly ventilate and all that. You run into that, and I'm sure you run into everything from mold uh, to insulation that's all moldy and mold on top of the um, the underside of the roof. That can be a devastating and very expensive mistake. It can be, and you're right. We do run into that quite often, and I and I talked about things that we look for when we're doing attic inspections, but that definitely is one of them because we see that extremely often. I would say it's got to be 20%, maybe more, of the attics that we go in have a bathroom exhaust vent that's dumping inside their attic. And, and a good picture to that for the homeowner would be if you ever had a bathroom where there was a shower where you didn't have an exhaust vent, 
and you can imagine how mold can get, and how you've always got to clean it. Well, putting that air into the attic is doing the exact same thing, uh, you know, but now you're not cleaning it, right? Yeah. So, but like, as if you just left that moldy, humid. Attics do ventilate, and attics do have circulation, but not for that amount of excessive moisture you're dumping in there. We'll see plywood that just turns black. We'll see, you know, fuzzy mold that is an inch long. Uh, all kinds of things in attics because they're dumping that moist air right into the attic. Now, what I do see as well that's also not correct are times where maybe the guy that installs the bathroom vent, whether that be a homeowner or a contractor, and it could be a contractor, just doesn't know, takes that flexible hose that is connected to the bathroom vent, and they'll either dump it out the soffit, which is just kind of angled downward, or they'll bring it close to the ridge vent, or something like that, and then just, like, let it sit there. Ugh. Now, it's probably better to let it sit by the ridge vent, but dumping it out of soffit is 100% incorrect. Better than just dumping it into the attic, but most of that moisture, that is an intake source, which means air is getting sucked in. You're dumping that warm, moist air out the soffit in an area where there's a current sucking that air right back in again. So majority of that moisture is going to get pulled right back in the attic. Uh, with a ridge vent... It's better, but you're still dumping a lot of air in an area where there's a, a light natural current, not something that's going to force all that moisture out without like a travel that can get the wood around that ridge vent moldy. Uh, the two areas you're supposed to do it with, either bring it out the siding, this little you know dryer vent kind of thing. Uh, you bring it out the siding, this spray it's out and gone. Uh, but the best way is up and right out the roof. There's special vents that are made for that. And you hook it up to that vent, and it goes right outside. Uh, it doesn't get inside the attic, doesn't get pulled back in, and it ventilates it perfectly without adding extra moisture and things. It's one of the things that we look at because that's something that we do at no charge to the, for the customers. If we go in an attic and we see that they have vents from their bathroom exhaust that are just dumping inside their attic or putting in the wrong place, we'll tell the homeowner, listen, we'll be glad to install the proper vents on your roof at no charge for the vent, no charge for the installation, Homeowner has to do the inside work. We don't we don't do anything on the inside of the attic. We're not you know licensed and insured for that. But we will do the exterior work. And all they got to do now is just take that little hose, put it right around that little intake, that little you know that's like the male part of the hose and the female part of the the vent. Put it against it. Take that silver tape, tape it around, and you're done. And now you have a proper ventilation. You're not adding extra moisture. This way, your brand new roof is going to go on for years without ventilation problems. Because again, it's not just the external you know, weather and and heat and cold and things like that that we want to protect your home and roof against. We want to protect it against stuff from the inside. And the yes. more energy efficient we make our homes, the more the attic needs to properly ventilate. People tell me all the time, well, I don't want a ridge vent. I've never had condensation problems before. We tell them, yeah, but your windows are 50 years old. As soon as you replace these windows, you're going to get condensation problems. The only reason you're not getting condensation problems now is because your house is so inefficient. All the they, they have air gaps. Windows. They have air gaps. Yeah. So there you go. It's, it's already ventilated. Uh, for our listeners' uh, edification, uh, this is not theory. This is practice. We had it happen to us. We had a bathroom on the second floor of our home. We had a bathroom that was vented directly. I shouldn't even say vented. It was just directly pouring into the attic. Uh, East Coast Roofing, Siding, and Windows did a beautiful, beautiful repair, uh, exactly as Sean described, and it goes right out the roof. It's as it should be, and it, it's a big-time 
game changer. And thank God it wasn't for an extended period of time that we had that going on. So that was um, we were just very fortunate at the timing because that's just not something that I would have thought about until I learned about, you know, more product knowledge. And Sean, a couple of times on your show today, and we've talked about it in the past, you brought up the bridge vent, which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, should we also be a huge fan of having a ridge vent and an exhaust fan? So that's a great question, right? So you kind of team me up here. The answer to that question is is no. Um, the and I use a, an example of a straw again here. If anyone's ever been frustrated that we have paper straws, and I get it, it's good for the environment. Plastic straws are bad. Uh, you know, just like not having plastic bags anymore at the grocery store. Like, yes, good for the environment. Frustrating for us. Um, so an attic fan is a form of exhaust ventilation. Attic fans get placed close to the ridge where they can circulate the most air. Um, but if you have a ridge vent and you have an attic vent, the attic fan is going to pull air out. Well, it's going to suck air in from the source of least resistance, which is now the ridge vent. So it's sucking hot air from the top of your roof into your attic and then out the fan that's four feet away. And then all the air at the bottom part of your attic, attic isn't getting circulated. So it's just like as if you have a hole in your straw. When you, with the paper straws, you're trying to suck through the top of the straw. Well, guess what? It's not creating any suction from the bottom of the straw. That's why you're not getting a pool because now the air can come in from the hole. So you're, the whole system is no longer circulating. So if you have a fan and you have a ridge vent, most shingle manufacturers are going to void out your lifetime warranty because you're not getting proper ventilation. So here again, Sean, this is where sometimes people think they're doing something fantastic. Like, how could this be bad? I have a fan. I not only have a ridge vent, I have a fan. And if you don't know what you don't know, you think you've done a good thing. Meanwhile, it's a bad thing. And as you say, you could void your your warranty. That's, um, you know, it's interesting. Why do they make them? Well, they make them because, again, certain houses don't have ridges, right? Have you ever seen a house that... Uh, goes up to a, a peak, but then drops right off. You know what I mean? Odd, odd-looking houses. Some okay. houses, not every house can have a ridge vent. Uh, if you're also down in Florida, for say, or you're in south, a fan is going to operate with the thermostat. And it's always going to go on when it's reached a certain temperature. The problem with fans up in the northeast is that we get extremely cold months, and the fan's not going to turn on, and the attic isn't going to ventilate. So condensation, that warm, moist air, isn't going to escape. So then you get condensation. A fan's fine in the, in the summertime. It'll be almost to be better than a ridge vent if you get upwards in a hundred plus degrees, like the heat waves we had. A fan will probably be a little better than a ridge vent, but not year round. So if you go down south, where it's you know below that Mason Dixon line area or the Bible Belt, you know area like that, your a fan might be a little bit better because it's going to work majority of the year. You're going to have hotter temperatures, where the ridge vent's not going to do as much. But when we're in the Northeast, we have the best of both worlds and the worst of both worlds. Uh, that ridge vents can be much more balanced, much more cost-effective. It's not going to run on electricity. The motors aren't going to blow out. It's not going to run on those solar-powered fans that are nice, but the panel breaks, you don't really know, and it's not running efficiently. Um, the other problem we have to overcome sometimes with, with some homeowners is ones that have had bad ridge vent experiences. I see a lot of ridge vents installed improperly. A lot of people use this mesh ridge vent, and I'll raise my hand first to, first to admit, we used to use it. Um, you had to install it perfectly, because if you nailed the shingles too tight, uh, it wouldn't breathe. And if you nailed them too loose, you can get snow blowing in them. Now we use what's called a snow country ridge vent. It's the most efficient, most highest amount of net-free airspace. 
got guards against it from wind and wind driven rain and snow from getting in it, so it's perfect. But people that had ridge vents that were nailed on way too tight from contractors not using the proper size nail, they used the smaller ones, so they got to jam the nail all the way in there to get it to grip. They don't really have a ridge vent, but they think they do because they see it, they paid for it, but it's not working. That is getting way too hot. So what do they do? They put a fan in, and now it works great. But now you're replacing the roof because it was never installed right anyway, which is why the ridge vent's bad, but other problems are bad. And you're trying to tell the homeowner, yeah, we want to get rid of the fan, only put a ridge vent. He's like, no way, I did this before. It only started working when I got the fan. And they're convinced that that's the right way to go. The problem is is that someone messed up on the line and gave the ridge vent the bad name, and it was never really ventilating properly to begin with. But you put these high-efficiency Cobra Snow Country ridge vents in with the proper Tempur-Tex hip and ridge shingles, not sealer ridge or three-tab shingles. A lot of ways to cut corners on this on these aspects here. To tell the homeowner you're giving them a ridge vent in the cap system but not the proper system that's going to do the right job, uh, we'd like to use the Cobra Snow Country, most efficient, Tempur-Tex hip and ridge shingles, the heaviest duty cap shingles you can get. We do live on the coast. We do get occasional hurricanes, northeasterns. It's important to protect that peak because if those shingles do blow off, you got a ridge vent. That means there's no plywood. There's no underlayment. There's no ice and water shield there. It's an open hole. The cap shingles blow off, you're going to get a leak. Uh, so it's important to, to not skip out on cost when it comes to protecting the ridge vent and the efficiency of the ridge vent. Such good advice. Hold it right there, Sean. We'll be right back. Final break, and then we'll be uninterrupted until Brian Kilmeade, who is back today. Uh, how do I know that? Because I was able to confirm while we did yesterday's program for Brian, that he will be back today. Uh, Sean Steitler continues. It's the East Coast Roofing Siding and Windows monthly radio program to make an appointment. Very simple to do. When I tell you this is one of the most professional companies that you will ever deal with. I mean, every single facet of your job. They are just impeccable about their communication. If 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 you're doing a big job, and you have a big dumpster that's coming, you're going to know all about it, when it's going to be there. They don't leave you stuck with it forever. It goes away quick. If they're drop shipping materials to your home, windows or whatever it might be, uh, they, they have just all the equipment. They drop the shingles if you're doing a roof right onto the roof. They're not schlepping up on ladders and stuff like that, like you see. I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just telling you this is just world-class the uh, the experience that you will have for roofing, siding, windows, doors, and gutters. As I often say, don't do as I say, do as I've already done. They've done our roof. They've done the siding. They've done our new windows, which I can't believe um, how fast time goes by. But they're still brand new. They're perfect, and they're guaranteed for life anyhow. Uh, the doors, we've done garage doors. We did a sliding door. We did two front doors. I don't mean twice. We have double doors, two doors on the front. They've done it all and our gutters and everything they've done has been exactly as they promised it would be. Same for you, because the the standard at East Coast Roofing, Siding and Windows, everyone gets treated like Larry's mom. We'll be back with son Sean and the Hurley in the Morning program right after this, because we are. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app.
WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. The economy is headed directly for a disaster. The Fed can either raise rates to lower inflation and trigger a stock and housing market crash, or it can keep rates low and potentially cause hyperinflation. That is why you must take action to protect your savings right now. Hi, this is Stephen K. Bannon, and I urge you to diversify your retirement account out of paper assets and into physical gold. The Birch Gold Group IRA is what I recommend to all my family and friends. And today, Birch Gold is giving away a free information kit about how gold IRAs work. To get your free copy, just text the word PROTECT to 989898. It's crucial for you to get this information before an economic disaster is in full swing. Again, text PROTECT to the number 989898 to get your free information kit on gold there's no obligation or purchase required so do it now text protect to 989898 action 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 use your agency take action today from the world's playground this is hurley in the morning on wpg talk radio 95.5 with sean steitler from east coast roofing siding and windows this is hurley in the morning on wpg talk radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one news talk station, all because of you. Uh, my friends at Fox News just sent me an update about 90 seconds ago. A New York City bus has slammed into a subway support pole. And all we know at this hour, many injuries are reported. So we'll uh, we'll keep you uh, apprised on, on any developments there. That certainly doesn't sound like good news at all. Sean, I have a question for you about the um, the soffits. It's, it's kind of interesting. Each thing that you brought up spawns something that uh, comes to my mind. So if you're walking uh, into your front door and you have an overhang, you look above and there's a soffit there. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sean. That soffit can have a combination of your vinyl siding, if that's the type of exterior finish that you have in your home or at your home. Uh, but it also should have, and I'm not qualified to say this, but you are, it also should have, I understand, a certain number of those pieces of, of vinyl siding should be um, ventilated, correct? Perforated? Yeah. Yeah, perforation. And that that is true. Um, we talked about intake ventilation. There are several ways that intake ventilation could be blocked. Uh the most common way is insulating the attic. A lot of people, you know, they, they builders built holes uh, in the soffit, so there's daylight. So the insulators come, they go to go in the attic, they're putting insulation down, and they see, oh my gosh, look at all this daylight coming in. We got to insulate this, so they cover it all up with soft with insulation, totally defeating the purpose of uh, that that opening to begin with. And we go in the attic, and it's totally blocked. Other than that, some people put these baffles. They're like little styrofoam crates, kind of zigzag. And that keeps the insulation from blocking that, what's supposed to have. Um, but the other way is, is solid soffit. Um, and that's, you know, the vinyl, either whether it be vinyl soffit or wood soffit, um, that's completely solid and doesn't have any holes in it. Um, one trick that we see sometimes that it happens when you're remodeling a house, this doesn't have a new construction, but you got a house that was built in the 50s or before, maybe even before the 70s, and the soffit was wood. That was the material used back then. And maybe out of a 40-foot run long or 50-foot run long, there's three or four little one-foot-by-eight-inch vents that are cut into that wood soffit. Um, and then now it's the 90s or the early 2000s. They want to side their home. And the contractor comes, and he 
removes those three or four vents and he puts perforated soffit up. Uh, and he installs this soffit that does have the perforations in it. But the problem is that underneath that or kind of on top of that vinyl soffit is still solid wood. And it looks like it's ventilated. But really, you have a couple small holes, which was probably adequate back in the 70s and 50s and things like that when we wouldn't have very efficient homes and efficient windows and we didn't need as much attic ventilation. Like the gable vents and those uh, small amount of soft ventilation was probably fine. But now the homeowner thinks it looks from their appearance that, hey, I have ventilated soffit. They go inside their attic. They don't see any daylight. The insulation's pulled back, and they still don't know what's going on. Main reason for that, the contractor should have removed that wood soffit or at least take a circular saw, what we do, and we cut a continuous ventilation strip along the entire soffit. Now, this is only on the eaves of the home, which is an important take to note if you're a do-it-yourselfer and things like that. You don't want to cut soffit ventilation on the rakes, which are the like the, the pieces that go up on the, the, I would say, the sides of the house. It depends on how your house is structured, but the eaves are where the gutters are. There you go. It's the best way they, where the water runs down. Those are the eaves. The sides where the roof slants up, that's a rake. You don't need soffit ventilation there. You want it at the lowest part of the attic, which is the eave. That's the way the intake comes in. So again, that can be blocked off. This type of soffit is also important. We use what's called perimeter soffit. Every foot has at least nine inches of net-free airspace. Those other soffits that they're like solid and then perforated and solid, every other one is like perforated. Yes. They have almost less than two inches per net-free airspace. Uh So just the type of vinyl soffit, our vinyl soffit's almost five times more ventilation than the other kind. The kind's much cheaper. It costs a lot less money. It's still vinyl soffit. You look at a siding estimate and they say, hey, vinyl soffit, certain cheap vinyl soffit certain key vinyl perimeter soffit. Oh, they're doing the same thing. It's around the perimeter. This guy's much cheaper. I'm going with this guy. Not the same thing. You know, I can't tell you, improper ventilation of an attic, condensation, mold, or brand, I have to replace all the insulation in your attic. Maybe you have to replace your roof because it's covered in mold and the plywood. It could be a whole lot more expensive than, you know what I mean? Like I said, you know, the cheapest price isn't always the lowest cost. Yes. Uh, you know, we are the lowest cost contractor oh, around. That. We are definitely not the cheapest contractor around. Uh, we're not the most expensive either. People are out there, you know, charging a lot more for a lot less. But, you know, we do pay our guys a good wage. They're trained employees. They are trained by the manufacturers. They are certified. They, they are worth their, their, their cost. Um, management is worth its cost. Getting proper project management, even the best employees, can miss something. And, like, you know, that's why they switch the Coast Guard around every couple of years because things can get routine. You might miss something. Your project managers that have to do a set inspection, got to look at specific things, take pictures of those things, document those things. It keeps that any mistakes from happening. So you got to pay a project manager. These things cost money. Uh, you have to have proper insurance in case something does go wrong. Anything can happen. Freak accidents. You don't want cheap insurance. All these things add up to a certain cost. And you want good employees. And, and that's what it is. So, again, it's not like... Uh, you know, the margins are, are three times more. I would say, but I think our margins might be less percentages than some people because I look at their estimates. I'm like, yeah, they're a whole lot less, but they're not doing anything for you. You know, it's they're, not, they're, they're not even worth anything. They're not even going to yeah. help you. Sean, there are so many takeaways from today's program. I mean, I could start and we don't have enough time. We're down to about five minutes already. It's, it's crazy. But one of the takeaways is the proper installation is so important because down the road you could have tremendous problems 
if the installation isn't done correctly, like we're talking about mold and all these different things that can happen. So doing the job right once really protects you going forward. It absolutely does. Yeah, I do it the first time and you don't have to do it again. It's a one-time investment. We try to gear our company and everything that we do to be a one-time investment. It took us a, several years. And, you know, one thing, two things we didn't get to talk about, but, you know, we talked about, we are, so GAF is the world's largest roofing manufacturer. Listen to our show long enough. You, you know a lot of these things, but if you're new, we use all GAF. It's an American company. Their world headquarters is based here in New Jersey, even though they're the world's largest roofing manufacturer. Their world headquarters is in Persephone, New Jersey. Um, they have a master elite program. Less than 2% of certified GAF contractors make it to master elite. Less than 10% of those master elite are a one-star president's club contractor. For the longest time, we have been a one-star president's club contractor. And that's, a, that's, again, 10% of the top 2%. As of this year, we are now a two-star President's Club contractor because we've been a President's Club contractor for over seven years now. And that's uh, – I don't think there's even any other roofing contractors in New Jersey that are a two-star President's Club. There's one more star we need to achieve. It's become a three-star, and there's, like, less than five three-star contractors in, in the whole nation. Um, so, you know, we are maybe getting it this year. Uh, it's something we're very proud of. So, again, that's because we're certified, because we know what we're doing, because we're doing great installations, because every roof that we do, every single one gets a certified registered warranty with the manufacturer. That manufacturer sends that customer a survey, which they fill out and report it on us, because we get such high remarks from every roof that we do. That's why we maintain these statuses. The other thing I wanted to share with homeowners is just letting them know that we still are offering 12 months, no payment, no interest financing doesn't change the cost. It doesn't cost you more money because you got to finance it. Uh, whether you pay cash, check, credit card, finance it, everything is the exact same price. We use a standardized pricing sheet so you know exactly how you came up with the cost, where it is. There's no negotiating. You're not worried about paying too much. Some contractors come in way high, and then you know five hours later they're half the price, and you're like, man, when, when when's the bottom? What am I actually paying the price for? Ours is very simple, very easy to understand. But we're offering 12 months, 0% financing with no monthly payments required, which means you can get the roof installed today for today's pricing, this year's pricing, and not have to pay for it until summer of next year, which you got tax returns coming in, other things coming in to pay for that. Um, no minimum monthly payments required, as well as a 6.9% financing for up to 15 years if the customer wanted to finance that loan. You can no Huge. prepay penalty. But basically what that thing is, is that to give a customer an idea, for every $10,000 you finance, it's roughly $90 a month, just under 90 bucks a month, and no prepay penalty, but it gives you a very affordable monthly payment. You can pay it in full whenever you like, but you don't, if based on credit approval, you may not have to put anything down, so you can get the project started. If you can't get it done within a year, we have also great financing. You're not going to be able to go to your bank and get an unsecured loan for, for less than 10%. Uh, credit union, things like that. We're offering unsecured financing at 6.9% to homeowners because we know how important it is to get the job done right. We know how important it is to get the right installation, the right warranties. We also know it costs more to do it that way. And we don't want anyone to feel they have to hire the cheap contractor because they can't afford to get it done right. We try to make it as, as affordable as possible, give as many options as possible. So customers always have a choice 
to get the job done the right way. Sean, that was a masterclass uh, presentation that you just made there. Let me say something in closing, and I'll give Sean the final minute. East Coast Roofing Siding and Windows, they truly set the standard in my estimation. And I can say that as a broadcaster. I can say it as a satisfied customer for many, many years. They are A-plus Better Business Bureau rated. More than 40 years established in business. And they are, as you can tell from Sean's narrative, award-winning in terms of customer experience. You can have a free consultation. There's no obligation. They do a great job. They'll let you know exactly where you stand. Uh, Great communication skills. Great follow-up systems. 609-237-0376 for a free consultation. That's 609-237-0376. The Killmead music, actually our end of uh, show outro is uh, is sounding his intro is going to fire in in the next 40 seconds or so quick closing comment sean no i, I think uh if you're interested in, in getting a service getting a free consultation give the office a call uh 625-1900 or 646-1444 area code 609 you got to mention that now <laughs> but yeah give us a call and then uh but yeah it's it's been a good show i'm going to go check on my chickens again real quick make sure they're still doing well i love and, it uh, Yeah, it's it's good. It was a good show. Good to be with you, Sean. Have a great day. Stay cool and uh, stay well. Say say hello to Jeff for me. And, of course, say hello to the great Larry Steitler for me. He is Sean Steitler. This is our monthly East Coast Roofing Siding and Windows program. Here is our good friend, Brian Kilmeade, the Brian Kilmeade Show. I'll see you a little bit later today on our digital platform on the app, 